Thanks for downloading this Dissecting Dexter podcast. The podcast you're about to hear is a general chat about Dexter the TV series and includes plot points about seasons 1 to 4 and predictions for season 5 with references to the preview trailers that have been around. As such, if you've not seen all the episodes of Dexter, they will contain spoilers. So, this is a spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled about anything to do with episodes of Dexter that you've not seen or anything about season five, you may want to bank this podcast until you've caught up and listen to it another time. Don't say you haven't been warned. Hi, and welcome to this very special edition of Dissecting Dexter. Today, in association with the Filmless Podcast, I'm Gareth Watkins, and I previously promised that we'd be doing a special podcast before the start of Season 5, in which I'd have some guests and we'd talk a little Dexter, chat about the show in general, and maybe make a few predictions for Season 5. Well, Season 5 is, of course, nearly upon us, just a few days away, and I'm delighted to say that tonight I'm being joined by two fellow Dexter fans, and dare I say it, distinguished podcasters. So, let me introduce them now. To my left, joining us from Burbank, California, is a writer, actor, soon to be heard in the forthcoming film Buried, and recovering podcastaholic, Mr. Heath Solo. Heath, how are you doing? Good, Garrett. That's probably one of the best intros someone's ever given me. That was well done, sir. <laughs> it's good to talk to you at last. We've, uh, finally. Um, I mean, we've been communicating on Twitter for so long, but it, it, it finally, we, we, we've been wanting to get you on the film list to talk about your top ten films, top ten TV shows, but finally, we connect and we're <laughs> doing a podcast. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And on my right is the undisputed king of creative podcasting, who's career highlight so far, for me anyway, was a scarily close impersonation, albeit a spoof lost version, of Aqua's Barbie Girl. Come on, Donald, let's go podcast. From Louisiana, it's Mr. Donald Chavis. Hi, Donald. Hello. I was wondering how you could top that, that introduction for he. <laughs> I couldn't resist bringing that one up. How you doing, man? I'm very good. Yeah, again, it's it's good to talk to you finally. We've been in contact via Twitter and and through your own Lost podcast for a long time. But uh, it's yeah. nice to finally talk to you. So thanks for joining me. So it's great to have you both on. Um, so let's let's get stuck into Dexter, uh, so to speak. Perhaps we could start by just dipping a little into how you both got into Dexter. Um, for me personally, it was around season two and a friend of my wife suggested it was a show he thought I'd like so uh, I checked it out and uh, raved about it to her so she wanted to try it too I got hooked on uh, the amazing character of Dexter and she fancied him so we were both happy Uh, how about you guys I know Donald you came to the show fairly recently but Heath did you first catch it quite early on um actually I had heard about it now, I've never seen Six Feet Under. Actually, I've seen the first season, but I heard the guy from Six Feet Under, Michael C. Hall, is playing some serial killer, and it's called Dexter, and it's based on some books, and it's on Showtime. I didn't have Showtime, so I was like, oh, but it looks cool. So I decided to wait. So I waited a season, 
Um, and then I got the DVDs in August when they came out. I whipped through them. And then I watched, I started watching season two. I got Showtime. And then I stopped because, I, I don't know, it's tough for me when I start watching a show on DVD. I really want to do it that way. So I stopped. I got the season two DVD, watched like the last six episodes, then started watching season three again, stopped again. And then I didn't see season four. And just recently, I finished season three and watched season four. So I think with season five, because season four was very good, that I'm going to watch it every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I don't actually have them on DVD. I watched them. Um, uh, well, I might actually, it was, it was season four was the first season that I watched as it aired, more or less. Um, and that was very frustrating because, like, like you say, season four was fantastic, um, and it was very frustrating watching an episode a week. So I, I kind of envy having that luxury of having them on DVD and being able to, oh, yeah. you know, pop the next one in and not having to wait. Uh, how about you, Donald? Well, I start, started watching it the way I saw most of my shows are, uh, on Twitter, and I see a lot of people tweeting about it. And oh, what's this Dexter? What's this Dexter? So. I think I went to IMDb, and from the moment I read the little synopsis, I said, holy crap, this is an interesting show. Mm. So I remember watching the pilot, and um, I watched it, and I, I didn't, I, I don't know if I was just, if this was just me, but I, I didn't really get hooked on it from the pilot. I had a lot of problems with it. I, I remember first off, I didn't like uh, him narrating everything. I thought it was kind of corny. Uh, I didn't like the fact that he was in a relationship because right off the bat, it kind of, came off to me as, you know, this guy, he didn't seem like the kind of guy that would be in a relationship. seems like a guy who would be a loner. And I remember I expressed those those things, and some people tell me, hey, just keep watching it, you know, it's all right, it's all right. And I want to say yeah. maybe by the, the third episode, I was hooked. And mm. uh, at, the, at that point, for the, at least for for the pilot and the, the second episode, I, I I obtained it through alternate means, let's just say <laughs> that. And yeah. <laughs> after that, I kind of wanted to um, experience it. I saw it was on Blu-ray, and I, I Netflixed it. Netflixed them on Blu-ray. The show looks amazing on Blu-ray, I have to say, if you've never seen it on Blu-ray. Great, Donald. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you've got one over on me, then. <laughs> you haven't seen it in Blu-ray? Uh, I haven't, no. No, I've not got a Blu-ray player yet. It's been one of those things that uh, I can't really justify spending yeah. money on at the moment, but uh, it's definitely on my to-buy list, but... Uh, just not yet. I've been holding back actually on buying any DVD films. So I think oh, I'll just wait till I get a Blu-ray player and get it on Blu-ray. But um, time's yeah. ticking and I'm missing films <laughs> and stuff. If you're if you're a TV buff like like myself and he's, uh, I mean that's definitely something that you probably will want to start putting money to the side for because mm. it, it really enhances the show. Yeah. Totally. I mean, so but once I started watching it on Blu-ray, I I, I was immediately just kind of hooked. And, you know, I ran through season one pretty quickly. I ran through season two. And I started realizing, oh, wait, season four is on TV. And I'm I'm hooked on Blu-ray now. I want to see it on Blu-ray. <laughs> and so I, I tried to slow down, but it's one of those shows you really can't slow down on. And, you know, the, the early parts of season three to me, they were kind of slow compared to the rest. It was still good, solid television. But it, even though it was kind of slow, it made me want to watch it faster to kind of get to the, the point. And I ended up running through the first three, and it, it was a, maybe a two-week break before I started season four. But once I started season four, you know, I had these kind of low-quality Internet uh, streams and downloads that I had to watch it in, and it didn't matter to me because season four was so good. <laughs> I, I literally ran through season four so quick, and when I got to the end, 
uh, I remember tweeting that I was, uh, after seeing that ending, I was kind of huddled on the floor in the, in the fetal position for a few days. <laughs> I can remember that. I can remember that. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally, when I saw it, I literally just kind of froze there for a second. I was like, did they just do that? Because I, it was one of the things that I didn't really expect. And and that was that kind of summarizes my ride in what, season one through four. Yeah, you know, Gareth and Donald, what made me upset, as you know, I just, I finished season three like two weeks ago, and season four I watched in less than a week. I mean, there's only like 12 episodes, so it goes fast. So I I, I finished season three, I'm in season four, and I took a trip, and I bought an Entertainment Weekly fall preview magazine for movies. I was all excited, and then I open it up, and I see the whole, everyone at a funeral <laughs> and Dexter is looking at a coffin and I'm like, no. And it's, of course, you know, they say spoiler alert in the caption, but the damn picture is a spoiler alert. So uh, I found out that Rita would die. I didn't know uh, how Donald saved me. We're like, well, you don't know how. So that's a good, you know, and it's true because I started figuring it out at, in the last episode, but I didn't expect she would die that way with Harrison in the, you know, there and all that. So that fixed itself, but I was pissed knowing she was going to die. Oh, no. Gutted. Yeah. Yeah, I I like Donald, I guess. We we spent season four wondering how it would end, how the season would end, whether it would end with um, some big bit of evidence being uncovered about Dexter and Deb starting to suspect, uh, suspect him or Rita suspecting him. I, I never thought that they'd kill off Rita. Uh, I mean, Julie Benz is on um, Twitter uh, and, and she posts on there and she never gave anything away on there or hinted that it was coming to the end of her time. Uh, well, what killed me, Gareth, was she's on that new show, No Ordinary Family. Yeah, uh, Michael Chiklis show. So I'm like, wait a minute, are they letting her film two shows? And I'm like, oh, it's cable, maybe. But then that kind of, and then when I saw that, I'm like, son of a gun, you would know <laughs> that because she's on a new show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's disappointing. That is because obviously it, it will have. I mean, it's still powerful stuff. I'm sure, even though you kind of had it had it figured out. But um, uh, sorry, just. A cat's just been thrown into the room with me. <laughs> we've got a we've got a kitten. We've got two kittens called Dexter and Rita. <laughs> yeah, a little, little black. The, the black one's called Dexter, and he's just uh, appeared in the room. Lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's, that the scene was so powerful. I think even though you kind of had it figured out, it would have still have been uh, st- packed a hell of a punch. Oh yeah. I mean, even now when I I rewatch that scene, it's still. Uh, you know, it's still, I still get emotional watching it and uh, uh, and seeing the the baby, especially that, that gets me. Oh yeah, because it's kind yeah. of about repeating the cycle of what happened to Dexter. Exactly. Sure is. Exactly. And, and so, me, um, oh, sorry, sorry, go on. What, what to it's me, okay, What I got from that, and we didn't really get to see that much of a reaction from Dexter, other than you know the obvious awe and, and shock that he was in, but. To me, it seemed like he was more worried about his kid becoming a serial killer than, than the fact that Rita was just murdered. Yeah. I don't know if that came off. Yeah. Yeah, no, because you, you yeah. don't really see the emotion, right, from Dexter. You kind of see him attending, getting his baby out of there more. Yeah, I mean, I think, 
I think any parent would have probably done that, just scoop the baby up and get him out of there. Um, but you're right. I mean, Dex is kind of hard, unless you're getting a voiceover, it, it's a bit hard to read, isn't he? He's yeah. got that kind of blank expression. <laughs> uh, but um, no doubt we'll we'll get some of his reaction at the start of um, season five. Uh, but we, we can come to um, what we reckon is going to happen in season five in a bit. I just wanted to... Um, sort of go back a little bit to uh, to season one and maybe capture some of your early impressions of Dexter himself and whether you, whether you liked him as a character, whether you um, thought, hang on a minute, we're supposed to root for this guy. Um, Matt from uh, formerly Keys to Lost podcast, he, uh, he emailed me about it and said he had a hard time. He's kind of torn in too about rooting for Dexter. Um, so obviously he's, he's portrayed as the central character and someone we're supposed to... Um, I don't know if empathise with is the right phrase, but um, we're kind of supposed to root for him. But at the same time, he's doing all these terrible things. But at the same time, he's doing terrible things to people that arguably deserve it. So it's kind of playing on our moral code, if you like. Um, so how, how did you feel about the character in, in the early stages? Donald? Oh, can I ask you? <laughs> Donald? Um. Well, I kind of gave my, my, my thoughts on at least the very, very early stages, but as it, as the show progressed, it just like you described, I think you described it perfectly, you're kind of torn. And I remember I, I was trying to sell the show to Alex, Alex Hahn, and he, he the first thing he told me was, you know, this guy's a murderer, uh, and I don't want to watch a show where, you know, the main character is a murderer. And yeah. I'm telling him, and, and 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 you really try to sell a show, but you can't get past that that fact, you know. Mm. And um, so I'm telling him, hey, look, you know, you, you know, if you believe in, and you get into this whole political debate about capital punishment, or whatever. Well, okay, the guy kind of, the guys that he that he kills, you know, they kind of deserve it and whatnot. And you still have that that moral fiber inside yourself where you're telling yourself, well, the way he's going about it, it isn't necessarily good. And even though, you know, he, he he has these rules for himself that he kind of puts in place where, you know, I have to make sure that that person's going to kill again. I have to know for a fact that they did kill. You know, he got his evidence. He goes through this and that. And I guess the best way to look at it is he, he's not just a crazy murderer. He He's kind of an organized murderer, and he has these rules for himself so that he doesn't go too far. So it's almost like he's a controlled murderer and you know no matter how you try to sell it you can't get past that fact that you know it's going to be a dark show and you're going to struggle within yourself to like this guy or not like this guy you know look at the fact that he's pretty much lying to his family the whole time and it's just one of those shows where despite all that it still works and he's still a likable character and it's really one of those things that I can't put a finger on and explain why why I like him but uh, all in all, I do like him as a character, and, and I think the the one thing that I do want for him, I guess before it ends, I think that either he would have to kind of turn himself in, he would have to die, or kind of turn his life around. And honestly, I, I think the show—I don't think the show could end without him dying. I just yeah. that's just what I think. Hey, Gary, yeah. there's a yeah. lot of noise coming from. I think your someone walking around or somebody I think tough to hear Donald. <laughs> you, you might have to uh, just bear with me a second. It's the it's the cats wrestling each oh. other. <laughs> just I just a moment. Dexter was creeping behind you maybe. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Hang on a sec. 
Oh uh, yeah. Um, well, it was it, originally I thought, without knowing anything about the show, I thought Dexter was going to be a convicted serial killer who, like a homicide unit, kept him on staff to get in the minds of serial killers. So I thought he'd come in like all handcuffed or be in a room and kind of help. Like I didn't realize he was just going to be acting like a, you know, normal person and kill at night. Yeah. So, so at first I thought that's what I thought it was. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, this is different. I'll be honest, I was okay with it at the beginning because – I know it's like, why should we root for a murderer? <laughs> but I kind of like the fact that they, your main character isn't just, you know, a hero and he's the good guy. I liked it. and I, But I did ask myself, am I going to be able to root for him or not? And then when Harry, we got the flashbacks of Harry helping him and teaching him about the code. Like, and the fact that, like Donald said, he kills bad people. Like, I was, like, okay with that, and I don't know what that says about me, but, but, but like, I, I was okay with that. And then as you see how he cares about his sister and he cares about the people close to him, and so I, I, I don't know. I was, like, I was okay with that. I was, like, cool, if someone's out there killing bad people, uh, you know, probably most of us would turn our heads, you know, but, but I was, I, I liked that cause I needed something new and I felt this was something totally new that, and I'm happy for Showtime for taking a chance. Yeah. But, and the fact that he's a blood spatter expert just is brilliant. I mean, it's not like he's a cop, a homicide detective. He's actually, so it's out there, you know? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, I mean, he's, he's an anti-hero, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. But we have to remember that his his main motivation is purely to satisfy his his urge, isn't it? To satisfy his dark passengers, he calls it. Not to be a vigilante, not to rid the world of these bad people. His, his primary drive is to, as I say, satisfy these these dark urges within him. Um, yeah. And it, and it, and he kind of rationalises it because he's dispatching these bad people and that's obviously something Harry was trying to to teach him we, we see that over through the seasons that Harry realized he couldn't stop these urges but he could um, help Dexter manage them in a in a controlled way and kind of mm-hmm. channel it to um, in the overall scheme of things do some good I suppose um, but it's interesting that uh, that we root for this this anti-hero there's so many anti-heroes in TV shows these days. There are a lot of shows with um, people doing questionable things that uh, are presented as uh, sort of central characters for us to root for, like uh, well, like Sopranos and uh, Breaking Bad, um, Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, moving on a little bit, um, the characters in Dexter. Um, we've obviously got Dexter is our, our central character. Um, one element of criticism that I've heard levels at Dexter as a TV show is the lack of depth to the supporting characters uh, and how through the seasons um, there's not been a great deal of, of character development. Um, now, I've, I've talked a lot in, in the Dissecting Dexter podcast about the, 
great journey that Dexter goes on through the seasons. Um, so we can't, no one can deny the fact that that the development there has been phenomenal. Um, but how would you respond to the the criticism uh, that the rest of the characters have, have kind of, um, I guess you could say, just sort of trodden water and remained fairly static? Uh, Heath, how would you respond to that? Well, I well, I think we we do have to realize that the sh- the show is called Dexter, and we're pretty much for the most part seeing everything through his eyes um and it's about him and and the and with the supporting cast that's interesting because i think uh deb is is probably next to dexter she probably is now my favorite supporting character i just love her down to the dirty mouth her aspirations her I mean, she's the sister of Dexter, but I really, at first, wasn't crazy about her. And then, as time went on, I really began to really, like, really root for her. And she's probably my favorite next to Dexter. Now, this past season, they've tried to, I mean, I think they've done a good job with the supporting characters. You don't want to overdo it because then it becomes more of an ensemble versus Dexter with the supporting cast. So I'm okay, but like this past season, the only thing I didn't like with season four was the Batista LaGuardia storyline. Yeah. Um, yeah. That just really like, I don't know, when they would be on and then, you know, Batista's giving, you know, looking at her, he's all like in love and she's all putting her hair down. And I don't know. I just, it just it felt too much. Yeah, I'm not that with you. Yeah, that storyline was a little, little lame for me. Um, I don't mind a shipper or a story love storyline, but it just it was too much. Uh, but then again, I liked Deb, uh, his, uh, her relationship with, uh, oh gosh, the FBI agent uh, Keith Carradine, Lundy, uh, Lundy, and then Lundy, yeah. you don't get him for a season, or do, was he in season three? I'm confused. Was he in three and four or two and four? It was two and four, yeah. Okay, it was two and four. See, that I liked when they brought him back, and I I just loved what he did to her. Like, you saw it. Like, she's trying to, uh, you know, have a relationship with Anton, and then Lundy comes back, and she just totally loses it, you know? And she totally, like, so that was done well. Uh, Masuka is hilarious. I think yeah. I think they developed him perfectly, and in season four when we fight, we finally see his truck, like this, like South cowboy, like redneck truck. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, maybe early on it they were it didn't have it, but I, I would say, and even now with Quinn, he's getting developed. I think the supporting characters are really getting a lot of time, and it actually might have hurt the last season having too much of it but i'd like to hear what donald uh thinks about that oh uh, i i would almost perfectly 100 percent agree with what he just said i think the the supporting characters and it might be because i watched it all in one run but the, the supporting characters definitely I, I can see an arc with almost every one of them it's a slower arc i mean for instance with, with batista how he uh he kind of moved up and you know he got his position, and then uh, again he, he's dating the the 
What's her name? Like LaGuardia? LaGuardia or something? LaGuardia. I can't say LaGuardia. it right. LaGuardia. Yeah. LaGuardia. LaGuardia. <laughs> I tried to tweet about it, Donald, and I'm like, I, I don't know how to spell this. <laughs> yeah. We know who you mean. But, uh, you know, I didn't like that either. It was almost like, uh, you know, let's give them something to do, kill two birds with one stone, have them bait each other. I didn't, I didn't yeah. really see the chemistry or anything there. But um, it's still an arc. I mean, it's still, uh, they're, they're still different from, you know, the, the pilot. Even the pilot, she had a thing for Dexter, and they kind of dropped that. I don't really know what happened with that. But Oh, yeah. She kind of, yeah, she would kind of flirt with Dexter or whatever. But it was after the pilot, I didn't really see anything else about that. Um, yeah, with Deb, Deb's pretty developed because she's kind of a secondary character to Dexter. Uh, Masuka, just just like he said, he's hilarious. and He's really a, a, a big comedy relief. Uh, so he doesn't need that much. But even mm-hmm. still, I, I, I remember there was a kind of two or three episode arc where they kind of made fun of him. And, and there was one point where he came in with a suit and he wasn't going to make dirty jokes or anything oh, anymore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, he went through that. A lot. Dokes was, was pretty good. And, and each season, what I've noticed, they, they'll bring in this, uh, this kind of character to oppose Dexter. And that person will kind of get a little development, like with, with Dokes, uh, Jimmy Smith. Uh, Lila, you know, people like that, and they'll they'll get a little bit more than the other characters who are kind of in the background, but the other characters are kind of always in the background, so their arc is kind of a slow burn. But I mean, judging from the way I've watched it, at least there 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 is some kind of arc there, and they are growing. It's very slow compared to Dexter, even with the kids. I mean, uh, Astrid is her name, I think. Yes, in French. No, <laughs> I, I've noticed that maybe not so much with the little boy. He's just kind of there, but with her, you know, she went through that whole teenage phase where she didn't want to be bothered with anyone and this and that. Um, but I definitely noticed some art. So I, I think that they're doing perfect with the, the you know, the supporting cast. And, and like he said, you don't want to overshadow that the show is about Dexter, and probably um, secondary is Deb. I think those two will get the most every season. But yeah, they, they definitely have an arc to me. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. When I heard the criticism, I was a little bit surprised. It was on, um, I'll tell you what I heard, it was on the Slash Filmcast. Uh, they were talking mm. about it, and um, that was something uh, that was mentioned, and I thought, hmm, I'm not sure that's entirely fair, but I sort of stored that line away to maybe bring out in a podcast sometime to, to talk about. Um, but yeah, you're right about Deb. She's she's had a, an interesting arc. I mean, to begin with, she was very much a green rookie, full of um, enthusiasm, almost to the point of recklessness, uh, making very hasty decisions, but at the same time having a few good ideas that unfortunately uh, used to get dismissed quite quickly by the likes of LaGuerta. Um, and then we had Rita. She had a, a, a good character arc as well. In, in the early days, she was this damaged girl yeah. coming out of an abusive uh, marriage. Um, and, and, and look at what she became. She... Well, I suppose some would argue she became a bit of a boring, annoying housewife, but, um, I mean... <laughs> she's still an art, nonetheless. I mean, yeah, have absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but she had her confidence. Um, she was she was happy. She, she'd become a mother again, and uh, yeah. um, I, I think she had a, a good journey. The, the ending of the journey was perhaps um, not entirely good for her, but... Um. <laughs> she even, uh, yeah, at she one was. point... Kind of refresh my memory, but at one point, didn't, didn't like her mom stay over, and she ended up standing up to her mom, which was something she yes. didn't do before. Yeah, yeah, she did. In fact, I wonder if the mom's going to come out of the woodwork in season five. 
Um, but uh, yeah, she she sort of yeah Rita sort of grew a set of balls, didn't she, and uh, and stood up to her. Because the mother didn't like Dexter, if I remember rightly. I can't remember which season that was. Season two or three. I think it's two. I don't know if you can remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned Masuka. Uh, I, I like how I like what they do with Masuka. They don't they don't overplay him in the show, so he doesn't get annoying or um, lose his novelty. When he does show up, it's it's to provide a bit of comic relief. Um, and so when he does appear, I look forward to. You know the inevitable joke, um, and and yeah. Batista as well. He, he's got a good sense of humour. Um, there was uh, in one of the, the recent episodes I reviewed in the podcast. Um, there was a good line. Uh, he and Masuka and Dexter were talking, and um, Masuka and Batista were referring to a new girl that's working in uh, in one of the other departments. And um, Batista refers to her as a, a butterface, and uh, Dexter goes, "What?" Uh, Batista says, nice body, but a face. Which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> Made me chuckle. <laughs> so, um, even with Batista, I noticed that he really kind of, he kind of takes Deb under his wing and he really cares about her. Which was one thing that I kind of always liked about him. Yeah. And, and Dokes did that to an extent as well in season one, as, yeah, as, yeah. as I've been watching it. I mean, it's, I'll be honest, it's, it's my first rewatch of season one, so... Um, it's almost, well, not watching it completely fresh, but, um, you know, a couple of years have passed, and uh, so there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm noticing for the first time, and um, it's interesting how Dokes, obviously, he's, he's, a, he's very, uh, what's what's the word, very aggressive and suspicious and uh, foul-mouthed towards Dexter, yet yet Deb, he, he starts, to, um, starts to respect her as the season goes on, and... Um, listens to some of her suggestions, um, much to the annoyance of LaGuerta, because she had a, a, a real beef with Deb in the early days. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a little... So, uh, yeah. First couple of seasons, I haven't seen them in a while. So it's like, hearing this stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And I definitely got to go back and watch that stuff. But it's interesting with Rita. I really like the storyline with her and Jacob, I mean, Mark Pellegrino, <laughs> her husband. I did like that, but like... Yeah, this these last couple of seasons with De- uh, with Rita as the housewife, she the last season she was oh man, she does get annoying, and it's too bad because I really like Julie Benz, and I think she's a good actress, and I I just I think it's the way the character's written, and it's kind of naggy, <laughs> and it yeah. and it's kind of like yeah, a few other characters in TV, but yeah, it, it's just I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, please, Donald. Um. But it's one of those things where it really, what can you do with her? I mean, you give her three kids, and I mean, she's going to have to be a housewife at some point. <laughs> yeah, it, and it really reminds me a lot of if any of you ever watched Breaking Bad, where they kind of do the same thing with uh, with Walt's wife, and it's just that that housewife position. And at some point, it's like, what else can we do with her? And I, I, I kind of think that killing her off was really maybe the best thing they could have done. Yeah. I yeah, agree, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that point, and it obviously served a huge dramatic purpose at the same time. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's in retrospect, of course, because I never would have would have thought they would actually do it. <laughs> yeah, it was a very bold move. I mean, Rita did serve a purpose. She was obviously deliberately written to be 
annoying uh, as, as uh, she, she'd become a, a bit of a hindrance to Dexter, putting a bit of a domestic spanner in the works for his uh, his sort of nighttime activities. Um, she was meant to, I guess, provide that uh, that hurdle for him to get over to be able to continue his uh, yeah, and his, I his thought, killing. Oh, Gareth Donald, uh, with the way they were going in the last season four with Quinn kind of following Dexter, seeing him at the bar. And it's like, where do you go during the day? And it was like, I really thought they were going to get to a point where, like Dokes, Quinn figured it out or, or, or at least caught him doing something. And that, that didn't happen. So I don't know if they're planning a seed for later or if that's just oh, something yeah. they're, they're just playing with. I totally think they're planning a seed. When Quinn started becoming suspicious, I said, well, here's the next Dokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. Um, I don't know where how season five is going to pan out, but um, I think it's fair to say that suspicion in Quinn is going to uh, come to the fore. I mean, Dexter can't hide what's happened to Rita, um, and, and questions are going to be asked. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'd, I'd like to sort of look at what what's what might happen in season five in a bit more detail in a bit. I just wanted to. Um, just briefly go through the the four seasons and uh, maybe get your feelings on sort of in more general terms of, of how you felt the season went and any particular high points uh, that you enjoyed. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Season one was the season of the ice truck killer, uh, who of course turned out to be Dexter's real brother. And I must admit, when I saw that season, I thought. I didn't know how much mileage um, they were going to get out of Dexter. But what what can they do? Because that with this with this character killing people, it, it, I think I was perhaps still having a hard time truly rooting for him. And uh, I certainly wouldn't have expected them to get at least five seasons out of it. But uh, they have. What stands out to me even now from season one is how it ended with Rudy, isn't it his name? Um, his brother um, abducted Deb and uh, intended for Dexter to kill her it's kind of severing his ties with his foster family once and for all and I remember in the scene I don't know if you remember the final scene where they're having a fight they're, they're talking about everything quite candidly uh, and Deb's there on the table and uh, I, I, I seem to remember she was drugged so she was fairly out of it but her eyes were open um, and at the time I was thinking surely she's you know, some of this is going to be sinking in. And uh, and now we're four seasons on and, and nothing's nothing's come back to her. Uh, but uh, I've been talking to one of the one of my podcast listeners, Matt Cook. Uh, he's he's convinced that this season Deb's going something's going to trigger a memory, a latent memory, and and Deb's going to um, uh, start to truly uh, suspect Dexter. What did you think of that sort of closing, the, the closing stages of, of season one, Donald? Can you, can you remember um, that scene? Yeah, I do, actually. I remember, I'm, I'm, actually, when I'm talking to you, I'm actually remembering a lot more than I thought I would. But um, <laughs> if I could just speak for season one in general first. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it kind of became a struggle of, you know, do I, do I uh, root for Dexter or not? And I think the, the thing that they did good in season one was kind of introduce somebody who's worse than Dexter. And that really helps you to, to 
I mean, it, it really appeals to the, the human response in you where you think, okay, let, let's let's take a look at the, the lesser of two evils. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I'm gonna root, I'm gonna root for Dexter. Yeah, he's trying to kill you know Deb, and I like Deb. And well, I'm gonna have to root for Dexter. And it, it kind of gives you a, a way out, so you don't really have to struggle. And and you when you get that way out, then you're allowed. You allow yourself to kind of enjoy the series a little bit more. So I like the whole uh, ice truck killer arc. Uh, that last scene, actually, I think the finale was really well done. I, I really enjoyed it. Was that the same? Did, did Dokes die in season two or was that season one? Season, season two. two. Yeah. Season two. Okay, I'm getting that, that mixed up. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I would like to see that come back with, with Deb having a memory, but the problem with that is I can't see her you know, I can't see her coming to terms with that in a way where she can still have that relationship with Dexter. So I think if that ever happens, it would it would be a pretty big game changer, almost a, a end of a series kind of game changer where that would yeah. be a final season or something like that. And it kind of leaves it open to whether or not they would make up. But I, I can't see them doing that. And, you know, because that bond between Dexter and his sister uh, at least from her end, where she doesn't know, and his his end where he does know, but he he still loves her and he doesn't want her to find out. I think that is a big part of the show. And if you break that, you kind of mess up something that that's going right. And you know they already kind of killed Rita off. Uh, so I think that 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 bond between the two it really has to keep going for a while to make the show kind of work on that level. Yeah, I think you're right. That uh, that realization by Deb is most likely to be. Uh... Uh, going to be saved for the very end, the very end of the whole series. I would presume from, I mean, it seems unless they're going to pull a um, a fast one on us, and uh, you know, it's the best kept secret in television, and this is the last season. <laughs> but I haven't heard it's going to be. So I think we may assume there's going to be another one. So maybe it'll be the end of next season. Uh, it's almost much... like it's almost like Smallville to me, you know, especially with Dokes where someone finds out Dexter's secret, you know that eventually that person's going to have to die. Or, You know, with Smallville, it's at least a little easier so you can say, well, he found out Clark's secret. He's probably going to lose his memory by the end of the episode. But with, with, Dexter, it's, <laughs> with Dexter, it's really like, oh, someone finds out his secret. That's a kind of a game changer depending on who it is because either Dexter's going to have to kill that person or, you know, natural progression of, of the series, that person's going to end up dying because that's too big of a secret. That secret's kind of what's holding the show together. Yeah, definitely. And, and and Dexter's relationship with Deb is quite unique. He's throughout the years he's he's talked about um not having any human emotions. Uh yeah. I mean we've seen his emotions start to develop through the season. I mean that's that's been the, the sort of chunk of the, the or the most interesting aspect of his his journey is 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 his the development of his normal human emotions. He, he has grown to genuinely care for people, and I think right from the word go, back at the beginning of season one, he was um, saying he, he couldn't genuinely care for anybody. But I think he did for Deb, um, but maybe he just didn't didn't recognise it. Um, I think he's always I think he's always loved her. Um, I think that's it. I think you hit it because I mean I, I think what what we were learning when watching the show, you know, like like he said earlier, we're watching it through his eyes, him saying I don't have any human emotions and then you, you see he, he cares about Harry obviously he cares about Deb uh, and in some way he, he was caring about Rita you, you see a, a kind of a contradiction and it's really the way he perceives it is that he doesn't care 
it's almost like he, he makes himself not care because of what he is. But you definitely do see a contradiction where he really does care. He just he, It's almost like he can't recognize it. Yeah, yeah. Either he can't or won't. Maybe it's part of his defense mechanism exactly. to maintain that mask. So, uh, Heath, what were your feelings overall of season one? Um, I really, I mean, I agree with everything, like, you and Donald have said. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, and I, and I, again, with the Deb-Dexter dynamic, that I think is one of the key elements of the show. I, that's something that I really enjoy watching. Um, yeah, the uh, Ice Truck Killer, that was, that was awesome. The only thing I was worried about, and it hasn't really happened, like with, De- with Deb getting kidnapped, I'm like, oh, geez, is this going to be like every you know, a couple times a season, one of his loved ones gets kidnapped and he's got to save them. <laughs> but I'm glad they, that wasn't a theme. It was perfect, especially with Deb being engaged to him. Was, was she engaged to him? I yeah, forget now. Good. Yeah, she was, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, no, I, I season one was great, and I, I really thought it was a, a fantastic season, and it rivals season four for me as the best. Um, I'd have to rewatch to really come clean which one I like the most because four is fresh in my mind. But I just I, I love the dynamic of everything and the fact that you know De- just the world of Dexter. I love the fact he is you know so organized and lives by this code. And now I have a question for you guys with Dexter when he talks to Harry. Is that like? just in his mind or in, like, real life, it, or, like, is he, like, talking to nobody? Like, if I walked by Dexter, would that be just him thinking of it? Or is he literally, like, talking out loud? Um, for, for me, I, I think it's purely in his head. I mean, it, it's never explained, and we don't see... Um, uh, we don't see people notice him talking to nobody, you know, in sort of the old quantum leap style yeah. <laughs> um, people would think he's mad exactly yeah I, I think it's just played out in his head um, when we get these uh, sort of talking to Harry moments um, and he kind of snaps back to the current scene as if it's just like a little interlude in his head I think yeah is that your perception yeah is that your perception Don I think if you were to walk by him you probably just see him kind of spaced out not necessarily talking, but a lot of daydreaming going mm-hmm. on. And if you've ever seen BSG, uh, and this is how I distinguish it, you know, the the, the stuff they do with uh, Trisha Helfer and and uh, Gaius, where he's he's really like he sees her and he's talking to her, but no one else can see her. And you know, people walk in on him talking all the time. I think if that was <laughs> what they wanted to to show, I think they would kind of do that once in a while, have someone walk in on him, and you know, like what did you say, Dexter? And he like makes up a lie or whatever. But yeah. They haven't, they haven't gone that way, and I think that'll be real cheesy on Dexter anyway. So, mm. yeah, good. Yeah. I'm glad because for some reason the last season he it was a lot of Harry. It seemed more than usual. I, maybe it's just because I just watched it, but I'm like, like even when he's I think talking to Harry when he's with the kids or something, and I'm like, are the kids watching him? Like he's. I'm hope I was hoping it was just a daydreaming thing because I would be like, oh no. Not a, one of those uncomfortable things like Dexter. Someone's near you, listening to you talk. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I'm trying to remember at what point in the show we saw Dexter first have one of those moments talking to Harry. Because I've, I've, with, with the rewatch, we've, uh, the last episode we did was episode six. And so far, he hasn't done it. He hasn't talked to Harry. We've had flashbacks. Yeah, it's um, just done in flashback form, correct? And I'm trying to think that, I'm thinking that there's obviously a, 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 an event that, that kicks it off, and I'm wondering whether it's the stuff with his brother at the end of the season. I don't know if either of you can remember. <laughs> yeah, I, it might be whenever he, um, so I want to say toward the end, isn't there a scene, I, I'm not sure because I'm picturing it, but I can't place it in the season, but isn't there a scene where he's watching uh, you know, an officer come out of one of the, the little shipping units and he kind of flashes back to Harry carrying him as a child? Mm, oh, yeah. yeah, that might be the beginning when he, yeah. Oh, you might be right, Donald. Uh, I, I can't place that scene. Yeah, I, know I can't either. Head. No. Hmm. No, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking I'll just be surprised when it does happen. I think, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you already have yeah. through with the, the season, so it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot that um, to begin with, he didn't talk to Harry like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, well, it's obviously an event that occurs that in his head that sort of triggers something and starts this uh, uh, sort of um, almost schizophrenic, I suppose. I, I, I don't know, sort of hearing voices and talking to, you, talking to a voice in your head. Um, okay, uh, so let's let's trot along to season two, uh, which is the season of the Bay Harbor Butcher, uh, when it, when it starts with um, people discovering or divers discovering Dexter's dumping ground, where he drops his bodies or body parts into the ocean, um, and the Bay Harbor Butcher case kicks off, and, and that's when. Um, the FBI brought in and, of course, were introduced to uh, Lundy, who, uh, as we've said, Deb uh, gets involved with. Um, that was that was a big storyline, and I, I watched it thinking, how's he going to get out of this? They'd find some more yeah. evidence, and you'd think, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's stuffed this time. <laughs> and, of course, he, he wriggles out of it. But the, uh, the other big aspect of the season was uh, the storyline with Lila. Um, uh, Dexter's behaviour gets erratic and um, uh, Rita intervenes and um, <laughs> he thinks he's been rumbled and uh, instead she asks him if he's on drugs and because uh, he sees that as the lesser of, <laughs> lesser of the two, admit to being a drug addict or admit to being a serial killer uh, and he ends up in <laughs> rehab <laughs> and he ends up in rehab which is quite amusing because uh, although he's not on drugs I suppose you could argue that, that killing to him is, is his drug so a lot of the principles in drug rehab he, he could you know could be applied to him uh, and, and it was there that he met Lila um, and, uh, and the finale of, of the season centered around that that storyline coming to a head um, how, how did Heath how did you feel about season two um, I really was a big fan of season two um, you know with him saying he's on drugs. I'm like, Rita, no, don't worry. He's not like your first husband. He's a killer. It's okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's worse. Uh, yeah, no. And I don't know if at first, and Donald, maybe you can help me or Gareth help me with this. It almost seemed like, I want to say the first two seasons, 
that like the penultimate episode before the finale was much better than the actual finale where a lot of storylines ended. And then, but I, now I'm really confused. I can't remember. I think that might be with season two because season two, I was watching it live and then I stopped and then I watched like the last five episodes on DVD and the whole dopes thing and the end of Lila and all that. So I, I was like really into the end and I'm, you know, and now I'm wondering if uh, did uh, Dexter's did Harry tell Dexter that Dokes would have to be killed um, to protect his secret? You know, I can't remember. But all in all, like, like, like we had mentioned with Quinn, Dokes following Dexter and that whole storyline was just really great. I just didn't want to see that like every single season, where De- you know someone's on to Dexter and now he's got to kill him. Like, so I'm glad they kind of didn't over. When we get to season three, they change that dramatically. But, again, season two is not really fresh in my memory, but I remember really enjoying the last, like, five episodes, really getting into it, and thought that the show was really starting to gain its momentum even more, and I was excited for season three, and that's why I started watching it live, because I really, like Donald said earlier, when you watch it on Blu-ray, and you watch it one after the other, because it, you know, you know, it's set in Miami. The colors, every, it just looks so great on Blu-ray. And I think that's one of the reasons why I stopped watching season three is because I don't have high def TV. I have a Blu-ray. So when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, it's not the same. I like seeing it on Blu-ray. So, yeah. um, but I, you know, I pretty much I remember again loving season two. It was a great story, great storylines. And I didn't think Dokes was gonna die. Um, spoiler alert! But <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I didn't see that coming. And w- a question I have: Did Lila know he was a killer? I remember she was so close to him, treating him like with the drug addiction. Did she find out he was a killer, and that's why he killed her? Or I can't remember. I think you know. I've... I've not, I've only, I've not rewatched season two, so um, like you, my memory is uh, a little bit hazy. Um, but I seem to remember that she did. I think she did find out. I think she guessed. I think yeah. she worked it out for herself. Um, and and obviously she turned out to be a little bit of a nutter in her own right, because um, she didn't seem to have any uh, problems with um, with killing dokes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, see, and that's the thing where they showed you why, to, like, maybe two serial killers can't date each other. Not that Lila was a serial killer, but she had those traits like Dexter, kind of crazy and off the wall and with a dark past where Rita is kind of, you know, she's been involved in those situations, but she's totally not that type of person. So I think they show you if it's like two addicts dating each other is not a good, probably not a good thing where mm. they really dive into that where Dexter's dating this woman who's just as crazy in different ways, but yet that doesn't work for him and what with the code and with everything he's trying to accomplish. So I thought that was very well done to show us that he can't have a relationship like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember Lila Constantly reminding him with it, about how they were, they were the same, they had yep. so much in common, 
I mean, they, they were both addicts in their, in their own way, and, uh, but she was also his sponsor. Um, yeah. To, <laughs> to a really screwed up kind of relationship, and, you know, we shouldn't forget that, uh, of course, with his relationship with Lila, he was cheating on Rita, and, uh, of course, Deb found out, didn't she? Um, I, I, I think the moment when she found out, correct me if I'm wrong, was when... Uh, She's in Dex's apartment and Lila emerges half naked from the bedroom uh, to go to the fridge. And I remember the immortal line when she turns around and sees Deb there. She says, oh, pardon my tits. <laughs> <laughs> and so whenever I think of Lila, I just hear that line and it makes me laugh. So I find it a bit hard to take the character seriously after that. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, Donald, what, how did you feel about season two? Um, I thought it was a perfect follow-up to season one. It, it kind of increased the danger to Dexter. Uh, didn't wasn't Lundy in that one? Can you say that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and of course that that made Dexter a little uneasy. Not to mention you have Dokes hot on his trail, and then yeah. this crazy woman in his life. I, I think that there was a lot going on in season two, but it, it didn't feel like it was too much. It was just enough to to make it really intense. Uh, you, Lila was the kind of girl that you love to hate. So any any time that there was some kind of interaction with them, I, I loved those scenes. I loved when she started going crazy at the end. Uh, the dope stuff to me was priceless. That made the yeah. season. You know, having him follow and that little look he gives, where he gives that little half smile. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just love that. And then of, of course, just his his mouth, his, his potty mouth that he has is, is priceless. Uh, <laughs> I thought a lot of that stuff, and, and the way it came to a head, it really shocked me and, and surprised me because it got to the point where I was thinking, there's no way Dexter's going to be in, in next year. I mean, he knows too much by now. What's going to happen? Dexter, he won't let himself kill him, so what's going to happen? And, of course, the whole scene with Lila and, and Dexter coming together and, uh, and the explosion got me too because uh, I was kind of rooting that for him because when you think about it, Dexter was the good guy in that situation. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, but yeah. but you're at a crossroads where you don't know what to do, no, don't know who to root for. But he ends up blowing up, which was crazy, and you kind of you you deal with what you get, and and then with Lila and uh, you know Deb having her relationship and everything. Uh, I think season two, I, I might have liked it more than season one at the time because I was just going in and I was thinking, wow, they really upped the stakes, and you know Dexter is really in danger. He's not in his comfort zone anymore and stuff like that. So I, I really enjoy season two. Definitely, definitely. I mean, as you say, Dexter was faced almost from three sides with uh, with the danger of being rumbled uh, or exposed. Um, and it all kind of worked out quite neatly for him. Um, he couldn't he couldn't kill just kill Dokes because he didn't fit in with his code. Um, Lila was becoming a problem and he couldn't kill Lila. But then it all worked out quite nicely. Lila did the job on Dokes, and in doing so, uh, played right into Dexter's code. Um, yeah. So he could he could dispatch her, and obviously she threatened Rita's kids as well. Um, so you know, a double whammy. And uh, uh, but that, the, the final scene I think of the season was was Dexter killing Lila. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he went to yeah. um, I think he went to Paris, didn't he? And there was a brief scene yeah, right at the end where she, elaborate. Yeah. she's in a, a hotel room and, mm-hmm. um, and and he goes in and, and dispatches her. 
so yeah, it all kind of worked out quite neatly for him in the end. Uh, so, I don't know if you've got anything else to add on season two, either of you? No, uh, I, I think that's a good transition to go to yeah. season three. Let's let's do it. This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. Season three is, was the season of Miguel Prado and the kind of teacher-pupil relationship that uh, he had with Dexter. Um, and we had the sort of backup storyline of the Ginner. Uh, now, for me, season three um, was certainly the weakest of the three seasons, although it's not to say it was a load of rubbish. I, I still enjoyed it, but compared to the other two, where there was just that enormous tension and uh, certainly the mystery in the first season, um, it, it, it didn't have that to the same degree. Uh, but again, we still had Dexter under threat of, of being discovered and, and having this guy um, find out his secret. Um, uh, but not fitting in with the code and, and, until later on. So I was, I enjoyed it, but I was a little bit disappointed with season three overall. Um, I mean, I was blown away by season four, but um, which was fortunate because I was a bit worried for season four after season after seeing three. W- would you both agree with that? That uh, season three was the weaker, the weaker one, uh, Heath? Oh uh, yeah. Um... Like, we had kind of the end of season two. There wasn't any big cliffhanger. We didn't really know where Dexter was going to go. And it's almost like they weren't sure if they were going to bring it back. Probably not, because I'm sure it was still successful. But a lot of shows will do that. They won't do crazy cliffhangers at times, just in case. But I thought the beginning of season three was really good. The middle, where I kind of dropped off from it, I kind of got was getting sick of Miguel Prado is like complaining and him going crazy kind of, I got, I got a little bored with that. But then when I got the DVDs or the Blu-rays and I watched the end of season three, I really thought it picks up at the end and I really was into it. So kind of, I guess the middle where you expect it to really go to places um, just kind of lacked for me. And so it, it just, uh, yeah, it was probably the weaker of the four, but I think in rewatch fashion, watching it like three or four at a clip, it's still, it's pretty good. If you do it week to week, it's like, okay, what's going on, you know? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 they tried something new. They brought in a big star and, you know, didn't really work. Especially, I think, like what Donald said, where season two was just, probably just about as good as season one, if not better. And I think when the show's that high, it's very tough to come back with, it was hard, but they did that with season four, which we'll get to. So it was kind of like almost a transitional season, but I think they regrouped and were able to really salvage the series or make it at top notch. I say salvage, I mean get it to Dexter top notch where it was in the first two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. The Jimmy Smith's character Prado, he, he did get a bit annoying, um, and I found myself enjoying the the Skinner storyline a bit more, uh, and following the uh, the police department's investigation into that. Um, uh, Donald, what did you think of season three? Uh, again, I, I'm right on the same page with you guys. Uh, I, what I thought about Miguel, and of course Jimmy Smith is great. 
he has that that way about him. I think he played the character uh, really good. Uh, I, I really think he did a good job with him, but he was annoying. <laughs> and uh, what I saw him was, I think I said this on Twitter too. He was kind of he was the Lila, the male version of Lila, and you know he was there, and then he progressively got more and more annoying and to the point where he he started to go crazy, same as Lila did. And actually, when he when he the point when he really started to kind of lose his cool and everything was the point when I really started to enjoy it. But the the show was like I think it was like three episodes left at that point, so that kind of goes along with what he said, where I started to enjoy it toward the end. Um, other other than that, yeah, season three was kind of like Dexter Family Man. There was a lot of the family stuff, which I understand is necessary. It was kind of slow moving, but you know it's still Dexter. I still enjoyed it. I was still kind of caught up in that world that they created and. But, yeah, season three to me was definitely the weakest. Uh, you know, bringing in Jimmy Smith, they probably thought, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to bring him in, and he's going to, you know, do a great job. Unlike, not unlike uh, John Lithgow, which I think is what they were trying to do, you know, with, with season three with Jimmy Smith, but they really hit a home run when they when they yeah. uh, brought in John in season four. But that's getting ahead of, ahead of myself. Um, yeah, the Skinner stuff. Uh, and I can tell that this season was kind of weak because I don't really remember that much about it. I actually remember more about one and two than I do of three. But mm-hmm. I, I do remember the um, Miguel and a lot of some of the stuff was good. A lot of it was kind of well, this guy's like a giant four-year-old, you know, following Dexter around. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, when I when I really stood back and just kind of watched the art of it, it, it he was really kind of the male version of Lila. And it was kind of telling the same story over to me, and I didn't really, I didn't really buy it that much. Yeah, yeah Donald. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Gareth. I'm just going to point out before I forget, because it's only 12 episodes, they bring in like a Jimmy Smith character into the whole season. I think they really could have saved season three if it was half and half, like you had six episodes with the Jimmy Smith character and bring do another arc. I know they they kind of do one arcs for the 12 episodes, but it might have worked a lot better had they shortened the Jimmy Smith arc a little bit. And add, I know they had the Skinner one, but it just felt like it was too long. His arc, The arc was too much. It just felt like that whole story with him just got... And then with the brother, and then in one quick talk, Dexter convinces the brother to cool <laughs> off. You know, and I'm like, really? I know Dexter is... Uh, persuasive, but this guy was going crazy, ready to shoot Dexter, which I actually, one of my favorite scenes of the season is when they're they're having, like, the engagement dinner and the and Miguel's brother pulls the gun, and then, like, I think Deb and uh, Batista come back and get him. I got, like, all excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that moment was awesome. I'm like, yeah, Deb, Batista coming in, or Quinn, whoever was there. But it, like, was one of those like moments in TV where you you get excited, you you feel empowered, and I was just such an awesome to see them actually doing like police work and doing like coming to the rescue of Dexter, and I really root for that kind of uh, those relationships and those, and I just like I don't know that that moment almost I'm not gonna say saved the season for me, but it got me like excited. I don't know, and it it's weird because it's one little moment. And then when when the Skinner, like, it was great to see Dexter, actually, the tables were turned, and he was tied up, and 
about to get killed. But if you when when Dexter like throws the body over and it hits the car, did you guys pause it and see like the dummy? <laughs> I don't know if you remember. I remember it. It looks so fake, and I'm like, oh no! And I paused it. I'm like, this looks terrible. I can't remember that, to be honest. I can remember cheering that, yay, Dexter's got a way out. But he was almost resigned to dying, wasn't he, at that point? Mm-hmm. But, uh, Donald, you, you mentioned about the season uh, uh, having a lot of Dexter as, as Dexter the family man. Uh, and, and that's quite a key point, I think, for the character of Dexter, that um, playing into the family aspect and how he's always seemed to have an affinity for the, for Rita's, with Rita's kids. Um, it, it, season one, re- re-watching, it's, it's one of the things that's really struck me, that while he's maybe struggled to develop friendships with adults, um, he just seems to slot right in with, with the kids, Aster and Cody. Uh, and he has some really nice sort of almost father-son moments with him. Um, and, and Aster as well, she likes him and, and he just has this affinity with them to communicate with them. Uh, and it, it just, it's just one of the things that struck me. Um, and I don't know whether that's maybe uh, because of his underdeveloped uh, adult emotions that he just finds it easier to uh, identify with, with children. Um, yeah. I, I don't know whether you, you guys have any opinions on that. On that. Um, Donald? Yeah, one thing I always notice, even when, um, you know, there, there's points, like I said earlier, when Astrid, she's kind of going through this this teenage girl phase and she doesn't like Dexter or whatever, but uh, there are some times when she does like him and, you know, he kind of gets a smile out of her, but he always seems to hit it off with Cody. It's like he just comes in and, and the, the you know, the kid just kind of lights up. He's like, this is a father to him. And uh, I think we kind of, we did overlook a lot of the, the uh, Mark Pellegrino a character uh, did was there, was he in season three as well or was it just one and two? Um, I don't think he was in three. No. Th- was that, it, oh, um, was he in two? He was in. Was, I think he was certainly in one. Uh, cause the episode I've just watched, episode six, uh, we hear his voice over the phone, um, and obviously just coming off the back of Lost, I recognise his voice immediately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but half I really want to kill you right was, now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's uh, he's, he's let out his character's let out of prison early, and um, and Rita is obviously uh, a bit shocked by this, telling warning him to stay away. There's a restraining order, and uh, and Asta, it's it's she was at an age um, when when there was all the abuse going on at home. Um, Asta was old enough to remember it, but there is a comment where they say that Cody was too young to remember anything. Um, so maybe Asta. Um, being a little bit hot and cold with Dexter, maybe she just has a distrust of men because of, yeah. or, or distrust of father figures because of that. And whereas Cody's um, a lot more innocent um, and only really remembers Dexter as a father figure, so their relationship's a lot stronger. Their, their bond is a lot stronger. That's a good point. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to remember at what point. Um, uh, Rita's husband, uh, Paul, his name is, when, when he comes back. Uh, I think it's towards the end of season one when he shows up and uh, Dexter has to deal with him. Um, and he doesn't kill him. I, th- I think he, did he put him in hospital. Well, he, he, he pretends he he's in a motel room and he has that overdose. 
Isn't that how he That's died? It. And gets him put back in prison. Well, that's not how he court. died. I, I think he died in prison because he got oh, really yeah. up. Because Dexter actually hit him with a frying pan and yeah. kind of set, it, set him up. And that, yep. and that because that was like his third strike or something, he actually ended up going to a federal prison and, and they killed him in the federal prison because it was kind of too tough for him. Yeah, oh, I think that's okay. it. Yeah, he sets him up, doesn't he? He can't just kill him. Um, and I can remember that, pinging him over the head with a, with a pan. Um, and of course, <laughs> he, he sort of sets him up so he's, he's violated his parole and uh, he goes that's back right. in. Quite, okay. Quite convenient. Just picture him dying, like Dexter, like shot him with heroin or something, and it was an overdose. That's what, for some reason. I don't know. Did he do something like that to him? He, yeah, and, and that's actually because uh, he was calling Rita from the prison to say that Dexter did it, and you know, look for a shoe, and she found oh. the shoe, and uh, and eventually he kind of, I think he owned up to it, and that's when she asked him, uh, "Well, where'd you get the drugs from to do that?" And that's how he ended up in rehab. Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Sorry. Sorry, um, just dissecting yeah, Dexter right. listeners. I'm a little off my game. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. So I've never done a rewatch of season two, but um, it's obviously a bit more fresh in your mind, Donald, than mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you, you remember it right. It's coming back to me now. I remember the shoe. Yeah, good one. Um, okay. Uh, so we've, we've sort of covered season three. It, it ended, of course, with... Uh, Domestically speaking, with uh, Dexter and Rita getting married, and Rita's pregnant, um, and the symbolic image at the end of, uh, of of blood on Dexter's hands coming off on Rita's dress as they're dancing. I don't know if you remember that. Um, oh yeah. Kind of, kind of symbolic in more ways than one. Now we've seen the end of season four. Um, so let's let's go on to season four. Um, which which I've been looking forward to talking about with you guys. Cause it's, uh, I think it's probably the the season I enjoyed the most. Um, although possibly without that shocking finish, maybe uh, season one would still be my favourite. Um, but of course, it's the season of the Trinity Killer and the fantastic performance and, and um, much awarded performance of uh, John Lithgow. Yeah. And uh, I, I think... Really, his, his performance was tremendous. And uh, Michael C. Hall has always been great as Dexter, but they, he really raised his game uh, opposite Lithgow. And, and their scenes together were fantastic. Um, there was a lot of good stuff through the season, a lot of tension. Uh, some, some of the best, well, certainly one of the best dramatic scenes I've ever seen in any television show uh, in the episode Hungry Man that I, I see both of you uh, comments on on Twitter, so I know it, it, it struck home with you guys as well. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll open it to you guys to sort of go over the, the key points of, of season four, if you like, uh, so I don't steal your thunder. Um, Donald, do you want to go first? What, what you liked about season four? <laughs> Can I say everything? <laughs> um, I don't think I had one complaint, honestly. While watching it, I don't think I, I really don't think I had one complaint from maybe um, too much of John Lithgow's butt, if anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, you know, from the moment he came in, it was kind of, I think they really, uh, like you said, gave someone, gave Michael C. Hall someone to play off of, which was something that, that they normally do, but, you know, other than Dokes and uh, maybe even his brother, I, I don't think that, that it ever quite connected 
as much as they wanted to, you know, as much as they wanted to with Miguel. I don't think that ever really quite connected. But with Lithgow, it was really a season-long kind of game of cat and mouse. And I, I just remember watching it and just saying, this is really good television. I'm glad. I, and it, it kind of made it all worth it, you know, just, just finding that, that, uh, that tweet that said something about Dexter and me looking it up. And I was like, wow, it all led to this. I had no idea. I hadn't even got to the finale yet. Uh, I think there was the episode for one Hungry Man, like you said. When someone told me about it, it's like, wait till you get to Hungry Man. And <laughs> and, and I, I was in the mode where I don't even look at the titles, really. I just kind of play them all. And I, I really I looked for that episode and, you know, the family and everything. First of all, when you're introduced to his family and you see just this, this hole that he has on him and just how crazy the guy is, it really kind of draws you in and you kind of start to feel sympathy for him. And then at that moment when you start to feel sympathy for him, the family turns on Dexter and they're like, no, he's my dad. And I'm like, what the heck is going on with this family? Uh, I think that episode should have won, like, every award, you know, possible. Uh, you know, there, there's his daughter. He's kind of – I don't know, really know what the what the intent was there. Was, was he abusing his daughter or just kind of keeping her under lock and key? I think – I don't think – there was any sexual abuse there um certainly abuse in other in other ways yeah uh, but yeah they kept trying to lock and key didn't they um and, and she was all, she was trying to rebel against that and she, i described her uh, i sent a voicemail into um the dexter podcast at the time and uh and, and described her as lalisa jailbait because uh, yeah. she, she she made a pass at dexter didn't she which which sort of knocked him for six um, yeah, and, and but the, the fact oh, that oh sorry sorry <laughs> so I was just gonna say the whole the whole family was was screwed up. Um, yeah, just they hadn't all turned into psychotic serial killers. I, I really, in fact, I think I really enjoyed more of what was going on. On uh, and what was his name again? If you could refresh me, Miss Kyle, what, what character was uh, Arthur Mitchell? Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I really kind of enjoyed what was going on more on his side than the the. the personal stuff with Dexter, with the family and stuff like that. Because it seemed like, uh, you know, Lifskow's character, if that if they showed more of his family throughout that season, I probably would have been more interested in a, in a show called Arthur Mitchell. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember the scene when when uh, his daughter kind of comes up, comes on to Dexter, it's like, I can do lots of things for you or whatever. And he's, he's a very kind of noble guy, despite what he does. And he's like, I don't want anything from you. You know, you're a kid or whatever. And, you know, the mother comes out and kind of catches them. And, and then uh, I think he ends up telling her, you know, it wasn't me. She came on to me or whatever. And the mom doesn't even care. She's like, just don't tell yeah. Arthur. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, so this guy is, like, crazy. She's seen uh, it before, presumably. Yeah. I mean, and, and the progression from, from that character to uh, the scene. And I, I really don't remember the episode, but I remember the scene when Arthur comes into the, you know, the um, – to the police station, and I remember thinking, "Wow, he just kind of yeah." That's about Hi, Dexter. I'm Dexter Morgan, I believe the episode name is. Oh yeah, yeah I think that was the that was the penultimate episode. Hello, I'm Dexter. Yeah, because I remember seeing that episode title and being like, "Oh no, he's gonna find out." Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's exactly what I mean. It was kind of a cat and mouse game, you know, where Dexter would catch him and, and he got him in the van at one point, I think, but uh, because he had. had ran into the guy's mirror or something. 
he ended up not being able to kill him there. Uh, he took the money, and then uh, next thing you know, Arthur's there, and it, it's just a big cat and mouse game that they played. And I think it, I think those two made that entire season. They, I don't even think they they needed to be any other character for the next season. Because <laughs> those watching those two guys go at it was awesome to me. And then of course, when you get to that finale, and it, it all kind of plays out kind of weirdly, where you know people were telling me, "Wait till you get to the finale." So I knew something big was coming. I didn't know where to expect that. I was like, well, okay, Rita's safe because she's in Disneyland. Uh, what's going on here? I go, okay, the kids are gone. What's going to happen? Is he, I thought maybe Deb, but he, what, he, maybe he killed Deb or something. Uh, but the fact, when you hear that baby crying, and I'm like, oh, oh crap. Oh, yeah. crap. And it's kind of dark in there. And when he goes in there and there's all the blood, and I'm like, holy crap, they did not just do this on, on TV. You know, Even mm-hmm. on cable TV, I wouldn't have expected it because of the, you know, Julie Benz is great. I, I follow her since uh, the Buffy pilot in like 94 or whatever. I've always liked her. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, she's safe because she's Julie Benz. And, you know, they're not going to kill her off and you, when you go in there and you see that. And it really, it breaks your heart and then it stomps on it at the same time. And oh, I'm like, big time. And, and the one thing I remember thinking was, okay, now what are they going to do now? There's, no, there's nothing else they can do with the show now. Like, is, this, is this the end? I remember checking. Is there going to be a season five? What, what happened? I mean, that that season was just a crazy ride for me. I don't really know what else to say. I could literally talk for another hour about it. <laughs> let's let's take the opportunity to throw it over to Heath. What what did you yes. think of season four? Well, let's uh, let's uh, start out. Uh, there's a little tidbits from the beginning. I really really liked. And that's how I knew this season was going to be good because they really got creative. One with John Lithgow character Arthur, uh, we didn't know his name. We didn't. It took a couple of episodes. We just kind of saw him in the bathtub killing someone, and they gave you little tidbits, which I love. They didn't just throw it out there, and it was great to kind of see it evolve. And then, of course, when Dexter figures out he's a family man, it's like what. And I didn't expect, I thought it was just going to be normal family man doing these projects. I didn't, I didn't realize that the family would be all screwed up. Like, it was, it was really like, I was like, wow, okay, this is another dynamic. And, of course, I love when they actually, all of a sudden the theme music comes on, and you're like, what? And then Dexter tries to kill an insect, he misses, his shoelaces break. <laughs> There's a stain on the T-shirt. It was one of the most brilliant things they could have done. It I remember. Me, oh. I remember you. T- I remember you tweeting about that. He and I said yes. He got to that scene because I, I loved that scene because you're so used to seeing him, you know, at top of his game and and that uh an opening credits and then they do that. I thought that was brilliant. Oh, yeah. it was. I, 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 you know, and I'm we're all, I'm always tweeting the, the theme song, me singing it, and then, oh, the steak. We figured out it was a pomegranate, and we kind of had that lingo going on, the three of us, tweeting back and forth. And then when I saw that, I was just like, oh, man. That, I mean, I it didn't, to me, it didn't break the fourth wall, if you will, because I know it's the theme, but it's part of Dexter. It was just, oh, I can't get over how good that was. Like, I did not expect it. I heard the theme music, and I'm like, this is weird. And then he goes, I'm like, is something wrong with my DVD? 
the music was like a bit off, wasn't it? Again? Yeah. yeah, the music so, was a bit off, so you need something with that. Yeah. And I think any, so, any parent can identify with that. <laughs> yeah. The spit, the spit on the shirt and all the rest uh, <laughs> So, you know, it really, it, the season, again, the Batista, LaGuardia storyline, eh, but it gave them something to do, and it wasn't too bad. And Quinn with the reporter, the reporter kind of looks like that actress Vera Farmiga from Up in the Air, The Departed, and sounds like Jennifer Lopez, the way she talks. Um, (laughs) I liked her, actually. Yeah, and and to find out that Arthur's her father, that was a pretty... This season did a lot of those, boom, at the end. They, uh, you know, they, they give you this wacky cliffhanger, and then it ends. And it's like, what? And... Going back, there was one where, oh, it was it was season three. One thing I forgot to mention was when you think Dexter's getting kidnapped by Jimmy Smith and it's the bachelor party. Yeah. 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 You, like, it's put in a trunk and it ends. And you're like, oh, my God. And then it turns out it's just <laughs> Masuka and the boys. I'm like, oh, that was actually interesting that they did that. But uh, anyway, with season four, yeah, there's uh, – so you got Dexter, and he's really battling Harry this season with what to do. And Harry, like, literally is like, you got to kill him, you know. And I know it's in Dexter's head, but I like to think of Harry, that's his voice. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 it really, he's like, okay, this is how a family man is. This is how I have to act. I can learn from Arthur. And it, it was interesting how that whole, whole – uh, relationship developed but to go hungry man i think probably aside from that great thing they did with theme music the a dexter moment that was my favorite of the season is when he literally we see dark dexter he he pins him on the ground has the knife behind him and he gets that dexter face like i'm gonna kill you like that was unbelievable and I have myself saying, Dexter's back. It's dead. And I'm like, I'm rooting for a freaking serial killer. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You, you know you know what that moment reminded me of? I mean, that, that was fantastic. He sat there watching Mitchell abuse his family and call his wife the most unspeakable names. And, uh, and then he goes to strangle his son. And, and Dexter suddenly, yeah, yeah, as you say, this, this expression falls across his face and he launches himself across the room. And, and drags Mitchell into the kitchen. And that moment when he slams the kitchen door shut, it reminded me of that scene in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where Leatherface pulls, he pulls a girl into his room and slides slides that metal door shut. Um, uh, it reminded me of that. I don't know if it was a little nod um, to, to that moment. Um, but yeah, fantastic. And he says, I should have killed you when I had the chance. Oh, and, and it was just, it, yeah, it was brilliant. And I was like, oh my God, like, it's those moments like I need in TV shows, moments that get me cheering or get me, you know, excited. And it is a different way to cheer when a serial killer is. Because I always thought, like one like film idea I always had is what if a serial killer actually kidnaps, like they, they're a serial killer, but they actually kidnap a, another serial killer. And how would that, like you always see like creepy guys watching regular people and they kidnap him or kill him. What if, a, you know, someone he's looking at is an actual serial killer? 
and how would that be? And we kind of got that in in essence in this season, serial killer on serial killer. But you know what was weird I found in the season, and you guys can totally, I want you to comment on this. When he grabs the uh, the urn or whatever with the ashes, and he's like holding it, like with the top off, like it was just so weird. Would you ever go in someone's house and just grab it and stare at him and like? Like, it was just bizarre. I know he was trying to get an, a, a rise out of him, but it was just weird that he would grab it. And it's like, we kind of know in culture, some people have urns with ashes. Why would you pick it up, take the top off, and hold it? <laughs> that was kind of weird to me. I thought yeah. it was kind of funny, just seeing him try to provoke him. Yeah. yeah just that's, doing the most that's what it was entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. That's, that, was the, that was the sole purpose, I think, to um, to push him, try and push a few buttons to try and see if he can provoke a reaction out of him. Um, yeah. I, I think he was uh, he was just testing him, wasn't he? And, and, of course, he got a reaction. But that was, yeah, uh, it was a fascinating dynamic between the two of them. As you say, Dexter, Harry Harry was telling Dexter to, to kill him, uh, but Dexter was, well, in essence, arguing with himself, uh, yeah. seeing this seasoned serial killer living in plain sight, uh, hiding behind the facade of a, a, an apparently normal family, but as he dug deeper, he saw that um, actually they weren't. He didn't have as much to learn from him as he thought. Dexter mm-hmm. realised he was in a better place himself, and he had greater control because um, he was thinking maybe Mitchell was Dexter in say twenty years' time. Um, yeah. I think as, a lot of that kind of provoked anger in Dexter because he didn't want to become that person. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. have any clue that the reporter was the one who shot Lundy and Deb? Which was a great finale, by, I mean, a great ending to an episode, by the way. I skipped the episode name, but I was shocked that they killed yeah. Lundy off. I had a feeling when Arthur ran into Lundy and that whole thing, I had a feeling something was going to happen. But Lundy was actually kind of ticked off that uh, his daughter killed uh uh, Lundy, like he was upset at it. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, and, and I seem to remember a moment when he, uh, he he uses some rather extreme language to describe his uh, what, what he thought of her. Um, I won't yeah. repeat it here, but uh, <laughs> I can remember him pounding on the steering wheel. <laughs> um, mm. But uh, there was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a who done it, wasn't it within within the the show who. Who killed Lundy and shot Deb? Because uh, at the time we had the, the subplot of the vacation murders, and mm-hmm. uh, they were the obvious candidates. Um, but it all seemed a bit too neat, so I, I never really entertained them as serious um, suspects. So I was, I was thinking, was it was it possibly Trinity? Um, yeah, would, he break him up? would he break him yeah. up? Because he seems that's someone... why they took Deb off the case because she was too close to it. And then she was yeah. put back on the case when she strips in front of Masuka. <laughs> Masuka's just like, like staring at her. That was another great little, like Donald said, just enough Masuka to love yeah. him. And I, I, I date back, I mean, they're totally two different characters, but an old show I used to like was Spencer for Hire, and Hawk was a great, but Avery Brooks, who was in Deep Space Nine for Star Trek fans, was like the sidekick, and he was great. And then they tried to do his own show, and it just didn't work at all. 
and 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 even Masuka, the actor, showed up in the I think the first season of Chuck and was a real jerk, and no one liked him. So you have that same type of demeanor, but he's funny and likable. So it it it, it really has a great character there. Yeah, you know, you, you, saying that about a spin-off, it brings to mind the lone gunman. Uh, how, how they oh, worked really well. The but... man will be upset. <laughs> oh, sorry. But, um, I mean, that, that, that show flopped into it and got cancelled. But within the show of the X-Files, they were, they were great. They were comic oh, yeah. from time to time, and they never outstayed their welcome. Um, but then their spin-off show didn't, didn't last very long. And I think the same would happen with Masuka. He's great in small doses, um, so we always enjoy his appearances, but um, he never outstays his welcome. So, uh, so as I say, yeah, we were talking about the, the killing of Lundy. Um, so I, I didn't really think it was Trinity that did it, because it would have been a break from his MO, and he seems such a, a, mm-hmm. a dedicated serial killer, dedicated to his pattern. Um, so I, my suspect initially was Anton, um, that had a rash of... Um, Jealousy followed Deb and Lundy, uh, and maybe the shooting of Deb was an accident. Um, because they did seem to, um, or was it Lundy, I think, saw the killers, saw the killer, um, and seemed to recognize them. Um, so we're thinking it, it must be someone that they knew. Um, mm. uh, and then obviously it turned out to be Christine protecting her dad so, and obviously that that connection between her and trinity was something we had no knowledge of so um i for one didn't even consider her for a suspect at the time yeah no i i didn't either donald were you did that take you by surprise uh not so much surprise as in oh it's a huge reveal it was just kind of oh it was her you know um that whole little who did it thing it, it, it was pretty cool to kind of put in there I think it went, it might have, how long did it go for? Was it three or four episodes before we found it yeah. out? Yeah. I, I don't think that it went, it went a little too long to say that we didn't have the, the, the evening information right off the bat to kind of figure it out. Because it, it, it reminded me a lot of Lost where everyone has these theories, but no one has enough information to actually make the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, they never played it like it could be someone different. It just, they kind of just threw it in there. And it was like, oh, it is someone different? It wasn't like a mystery, who was it, you know? So that definitely, yeah, that I, I see that part of it, definitely. And But the fact that she commits suicide in front of Deb, I didn't expect that. But oh, I was like, talking. yeah, I was like, when she went, when Deb went in to talk to her, I'm like, wouldn't you, like, frisk her? Or do, I mean, she's a literally a, a suspect, you know, she probably killed you and she's just chill talking to her with no, you know, I'm like, that was a dumb move in itself. And of course she had the gun under the pillow, but like Deb kind of screwed up there by not like having someone else there or having checking this, the, the location out because she could have had something in her back waistband, you know, and, and shot Deb again. Who knows? Yeah, you have a good point, and I was kind of upset when she did die because I, I liked her. I mean, I thought, I thought she was kind of hot, and, <laughs> and I, I like revealing. Kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no more, no more nude scenes, no. But um, I, I was thinking, well, Quinn has like a, a little relationship, even though it's totally bad for him. I think it was giving him something to do, uh, you know, to keep him away from Dexter at least for the time being. But uh, when, when she did die, I was hoping there would be a little bit more. Of, of Quinn kind of holding Deb responsible for that. 
because I thought that would make for some good tension between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a bit Wait of a, a sad character, really. She's a bit of a sad character. Um, she ultimately she just wanted her dad's approval. I mean, the cliche comes out: everybody's got daddy issues. Uh, <laughs> um, and so it was yeah, really sad the way he treated her too. I mean, he didn't yeah. really want to have anything to do with it. No, even less so when uh, he found out she killed Lundy. Yeah. 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 What are your thoughts on the Quinn character? It, you know, there's times I really like him, and I like him have, being kind of a badass and him kind of having that bad boy quality. But then I guess when he starts opposing Dexter, like, you start not to like him or whatever, you know, and it's like, I don't know, it, it's like, a you know, a Sawyer character from Lost or whatever, those bad boys you, like, want to root for and hope they do good. But I, I think they keep him at a good pace. I'm just... I'm I'm wondering, like we said before, if he eventually is the one that'll expose Dexter or not, and we can save that for predictions. But I I I, I didn't realize like I, when I when Quinn was first introduced, I think season three, correct? Um, yeah, I think so. I thought he was going to be like yeah. a you know, half a season guy, he's a dirty cop, and you know even when he still takes the money and Dexter sees that and he tries to. You know, he gives them Miami tickets, and and he gives them the masuka. Masuka's trying to sell them. Like, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Quinn was introduced. There was obviously a gap with Dokes being written off. There was a gap for a male uh, character in the department. Um, yeah. So I think Quinn was um, was probably, the character was written to, to plug that gap. Um, but, yeah, he's we, we shouldn't forget, he, he is a, a, technically he's a dirty cop. Um, he took that money um, at the vacation murder scene last season that Dexter witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and in season three, there was a report. Uh, was it a reporter? Or was she, no, she was internal affairs. And she was um, trying yeah. to uh, get Deb to spy on Quinn for her. Uh, there was some history there. So whether that will come back um, oh, yeah, yeah. in season five. Um, uh, I think right. it's, it's fair to say Quinn's going to have his suspicions aroused again about Dexter yeah. um, and, and Dexter may ultimately season... need a reason oh sorry Gareth so I was um, just, just going to so I was just going to finish by saying that Dexter will, will ultimately most likely need a reason to dispatch Quinn um, so maybe there'll be something from his past that uh, Dexter will find out that will fit uh, him in with the code and um, as he was uh, that sort of stopped him killing Dokes in season 2 sorry you, you go on oh yeah no I was just saying because I'll because season four is fresh, all these things are popping up that I think it overlooked. Not not that we're overlooking, but you like you talk about the main stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, like the uh, perfect example of that cop who killed her family and Dexter. Yeah. You know that was like uh, an episode or two. He fixed the garbage disposal, but that was that was like something really quick that came up and left. But it was interesting that they added something. You know, that had nothing to do with Lund, uh, Lundy or, you know, Arthur Mitch, or, you know, it was something just a total standalone arc for like two episodes. But she kind of looked like Batista's old girlfriend who worked for Vice. Yeah, like, she they did. looked the same. I'm like, is that, the, is that her? And I'm like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I like that little storyline. I think they yeah. could have um, spun that out a bit longer. Because she, she had no problem in standing up to Dexter. Um, 
but they she was essentially a kill of the week, wasn't she? Um, yeah. So she didn't stick around kill of the very week. long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. That was that was a, a good episode. That was a highlight of the season for me. Um, I, I like that character. Um, didn't like what she'd done, um, but uh, yeah. it was <laughs> it was a good uh, it was a good little side story. Unless you want me to hunt you down, please email your feedback to dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh, season four is is currently airing for the first time on UK TV, um, and I've caught one or two episodes, and uh, oh. uh, uh, and I'm enjoying them very much, sort of because uh, the, the season was so good, and and I'm being disturbed all over again by some of the things that Trinity did. Um, one of the moments in particular wasn't uh, disturbing for its its blood or, or violence. It was it was the moment when we see him. Uh, take that mother up to the top floor of a, a warehouse and talks her into jumping. Yeah. Um, and she's there not wanting to jump and he's threatening to hurt her family and she eventually goes. But watching that, um, it, I, I was really creeped out. I mean, credit to, to the writing and, and the dialogue, but particularly Lithgow's performance. Uh, and it just reminded me again how good he was. And, and how much he deserved the the awards he's, he's received. I think he, he got some. He got the Golden Globe, didn't he? And he got the Emmy recently. Um, yeah. What pissed he, me he, off when I was watching the Emmys was they showed a clip, and it was Dexter had John Lithgow tied up, you know. And I'm yeah. like, so I got spoiled on that, knowing Dexter would eventually get him. Oh. And I'm like, God, out of all the all the seems to show. I mean, I guess they Entertainment Weekly and everyone expects that we everyone watches it <laughs> live, yeah. and, it, and it just made me upset a little bit because I'm like, God, I you know I do pretty well. Even on Twitter, I condition myself to not look at tweets. I don't get upset if someone's tweeting something. I just don't look at it, you know. Yeah. Or you know, and most people don't come out with a big spoiler. They'll make a comment, but you know, it's easy to avoid it. Um, so I've done very well. With, you know, and even Entertainment Weekly said, oh, if you're not watching Dexter, where have you been? And I'm like, well, I don't have Showtime. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's where yeah, I've been. Yeah. But. So um, one, one big thing to come out of season four and, and while watching season four, particularly the Hungry Man episode, was that Dexter, maybe for the first time, revealed his his dark passenger to people that he uh, wasn't going to kill, uh, the Mitchell family. Um, they saw they saw him threaten to kill their dad. Um, mm-hmm. And I was thinking he's so exposed. He's, he's really ex- exposed himself to them this season. Um, and, and I couldn't help but feel it would come to um, bite him in the backside, um, if not that season, then the next season. Um, now, have you, have you seen the previews for, for for season five? I know Donald, you watched it today. Did, did you uh, watch it, Heath? I haven't, but you're welcome to uh, talk about it. Um, okay, well, that. they they showed a really good um, preview video at uh, Comic Con, and uh, is it out there online, Jared? Yes, it is. Yeah, I sent you the um, the link today on Twitter. Oh, oh, um, you okay. have a look. Yeah, I'll have a look. Uh, or you can just find it on on YouTube. Um, it's on the Showtime page. 
Um, but in, in the preview, uh, it, it, we do see um, quite clearly that they, they do talk to the Mitchell family, and uh, and, and so it, his Dexter's exposure does seem to be uh, heading towards uh, biting him in the ass again. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I thought he was he was very reckless, but I don't know. He, he jumped to uh, to Mitchell's son's defence. I can't remember the, the kid's name. Um, and, and and something the inside it just snapped. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, how is he? How is he not going to avoid them mentioning this Kyle Butler that's been round their house and um, attacked attacked the uh, attacked Arthur? Um, Oh, that's that's gonna that's gonna come out. Yeah, yeah, so, um, um, are, are we in the preview? Are we talking about the previews yet, or you would we, just bring we, we can um, we can move on to that. If, I mean, we've 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 talked about season four um, quite extensively. I mean, I I'll just echo pretty much what you guys have said about the um, uh, the the ending of season four. I, it, it, blew me away completely. I was absolutely dumbstruck. Even the next day at work, I was sat there and it kept coming into my mind. And um, it was, you know, I find myself getting emotional thinking about it. I mean, it was, I think it was the, it was the baby that did it. And I don't know whether it hit me more because uh, I've got two kids. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But watching the previews um, of season five and seeing Dexter carrying Harrison out of the house. Um, you know, it all sort of comes back to me. I get, get all emotional again. I'm a right soppy sod. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. It was one of those moments where it happens, and uh, um, my, my, I watch it with my wife, and we're both just sat there silently staring at it, jaws, you know, mouths agape. As, as you said, Donald, did they just do that? Just disbelief, but wow, just incredible emotional. Uh, you know, powerful, dramatic punch, right to the gut. It was, it was tremendous. You know, okay, funny, so it, it, oh, sorry, go on. Oh no, what's funny? Just touching upon that, Gareth. Um, a few years ago, I did a uh, show called uh, "Murder Reopened: The Seaside Slayings," where I played a, a suspected murderer, and this was like kind of like unsolved mysteries type show on Discovery Channel. And basically, this woman, this uh, a mo- mother was murdered and her little kid spent like 18 hours with the dead body um, in real life. And they always suspected the husband, and, but I don't think it, it, wasn't, it wasn't ever proven. And I remember, you know, doing that and learning about what had happened and kind of reenacting some of those scenes out. It was really like, wow, oh, this little kid is there with his dead mother and doesn't know that the mother is dead or not waking up. And so, I mean, and this kid was probably like six or seven. So, I mean, that would have a traumatic effect. But also, I mean, a young baby, I mean, that's just something I do not wish on my worst enemy's kids, you know? I mean, that's something that just... And I hope they, in season five, they play on that a little bit just because, I mean, they have with Dexter, I guess. But... Uh, whether or not that would cause Dexter to become a serial killer, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I if that's true, but it definitely has to have some traumatic effect 
uh, luckily it's a little baby, but still, that's got to be something that's got to be in your subconscious, even at a young age. I, I got to believe that some po- part of it. Yeah, I think Harrison is quite a bit younger than Dexter was when he saw his mum being True. killed. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Harrison may have that in his in his favour, but I think Dexter's convinced that that Harrison might turn out like him yeah. because I think, I think he probably true. feels it's hereditary. <laughs> it's in the blood. Yeah. I think that image in, in Dexter's mind is really what they were going for, and just him having that thought in his mind more than you know. I, I doubt they're gonna show like 20 years later and the baby's a serial killer. I think it's more more for Dexter's reaction and how he's going to react to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that leads us quite nicely into Season 5 and and what we think is going to happen. Um, Now, from the preview, um, it's it's clear that the season picks up immediately after Season 4 finishes. The the opening image of the, the preview video shows Dexter walking out of the house carrying Harrison covered in blood and police cars pulling up. Um, Deb's there, Quinn's there. Um, and in the preview, we hear Dexter say to Deb, I did it, um, which, of course, puts a bit of horror on her face. Um, obviously, we know what he meant, um, but, but she doesn't. Um, so... Uh, Dexter's naturally going to be racked with guilt um, because really, well, it, it was his fault. Um, he, he, he had opportunities to kill Trinity and didn't take them. It, it, there was even a, a moment when Trinity was about to kill himself and Dexter saved him. Um, so uh, I, I think season five is going to differ from uh, certainly seasons one and three, where there isn't, um, he doesn't have a season-long nemesis killer to, uh, to to fight against. I think this season his nemesis is going to be himself uh, and how he reacts to things. Um, what, what do you guys see um, as, as far as how season five is going to go? Um, Donald? Uh, that's interesting that, that you said that, that he won't have a um, season-long Nemesis, I think you, I think you might be right. Uh, I, I do think they're probably going to throw in something just so that you know the police station would have something to do, and if people in the background, you know, would have something to, to do, because they're not all going to be focused on Dexter. Uh, maybe somewhat, but uh, I, I think that Dexter's biggest enemy, at least for himself, is going to be kind of trying to pick up the pieces, seeing if he can get that family back together, and also, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of his own dark secrets are going to start coming out. So that's going to be a, a big part of his battle. But I do think there might be, you know, a little kind of throwaway um, B story or C story even where there's a another serial killer or, or even the, the whole serial killer a season thing is kind of getting old. I don't buy that there's that many serial killers running around. Uh, but there might be something, you know, for the, you know, the police station, Batista and the gang to kind of work on in the background while the whole Dexter story is kind of, in the in the forefront. Yeah. Well, from from his colleagues' point of view, um, as far as they're concerned, their their friend and colleague's wife has just been murdered by Trinity. So I think the police department are going to be busy uh, investigating. Although it's the Trinity yeah. case is a federal case, isn't it? And um, from the casting news uh, for season five, there's a guy called Sean Hitosi 
who I hadn't heard of before, but I understand he's in Southland. Uh, he's playing uh, an FBI agent, uh, and apparently he's well. He's been described as playing the villain of the season, so maybe he's simply just not a very nice guy, and um, he's on Dexter's case. Um, but from the preview, it seems like Quinn's going to be um, uh, hot on Dexter's tail. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Heath, what, what do you think? Sorry, go on. I thought Quinn made a line or something like he said, if it wasn't Dexter, then it, wait, what did he say? If if this was anybody but Dexter, then we would all be acting like detectives right now. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. Implies, yeah, it kind of implies that he thinks Dexter did it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, think I, the... I, oh, go ahead, Gareth. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, just, just following on from what you said, Donald, I, I think... He's probably reacting to maybe a natural reaction of the likes of Batista and Masuka uh, who, and LaGuerta, who are friends of Dexter's as well as colleagues, uh, who would, who couldn't possibly imagine that Dexter would be responsible for something like that. Yet Quinn's there with his, uh, he's already uh, suspicious of Dexter, so he's he's much further down that path. So it's a bit easier for him to think that Dexter might be capable of something terrible, whereas the others are probably just full of disbelief and, and sympathy for, for their friend. Exactly. And, and you got to think, well, what's Dexter's alibi? Oh, I was off killing Trinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a tricky one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of things. Um, he, you know how Deb kind of dropped the bomb about, because I forgot she didn't know that Dexter and his who his mother was and his brother and all that. So, Real quick, what part, because Dexter plays it off like, oh, I didn't know. What part is Dexter still keeping from Deb about his mother getting killed and all that? I'm trying to think what part of that Dexter's still hiding. Um, Uh, It's it's his brother. She doesn't know that um, what what Deb may eventually find out is that there were two, uh, two children and that Dexter had a brother. Did she know that that was, I forget, did she know that that was Dexter's brother? The No. Yeah, she did find out, didn't she? Did she find out? I thought she that, did. I, I remember he didn't tell her at first. He was like, um, no, as a matter of fact, he might, it might have all played out in one scene where she was telling him slowly, and he was like, good, as long as you don't know. And then she said it, and he was like, oh, crap. She knows who I am, <laughs> or whatever. But I then think. she doesn't have one point of information That's right. that Dexter was Maybe relieved she didn't oh. know. It, it's his, his dad was sleeping with her, wasn't that it? He didn't want her oh, to man. know that? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know now. <laughs> well, does she say you've got a brother, but she doesn't know who it is? Doesn't know his identity? Yeah, she she read the article. It? it was Dexter and Rob or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. The They're sitting outside name. Mitchell's house, aren't they? They're sitting yeah. outside Trinity's house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh, crap. I don't remember. Anyway, so, again, they planted the seed of that. Um, I I honestly thought they would kind of focus more on Dexter pulling the family together and maybe have a kill of the week every couple of episodes to keep it fresh. But now with the previews with Quinn and everything, I'm wondering where that's going to go. But my big oh, thing is, you know, like, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, I got excited for a second. <laughs> oh, get, please, get excited. <laughs> no, they, they showed that neighbor again, the guy who kind of had a thing for Rita and kissed her. Oh, they did, yeah. 
Yeah, and the police oh. were kind of talking to him, and he was like, uh, Dexter isn't who he thinks he is. He sneaks out at night, this and that, and they showed the scene where Dexter punched him and stuff. So it seems like a lot of people are from Dexter's, I guess that he's, he's kind of, uh, from his past, these past few seasons are going to be coming out, kind of exposing him. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the end of this season may be, because, uh, I mean, how far, how, how long is Dexter going to go, you know, the show? Mm-hmm, that's what I, I mean, think. Two more seasons, maybe. I mean, I guess if it's still good and people are watching it, they'll try to. But um, so it'll be interesting to see if towards the end of season five, if uh, you know, we people he starts. How long can he really live by the code and cover everything up? Will it catch up with them? And then it could the final season kind of be. You know, I, I I cannot wait to see how Deb would react. I, I really. That is one thing I'm really waiting for to see what she does. Yeah, she I, I would almost, it. like I said earlier, when I kind of gave my prediction, I would almost see Dexter uh, even killing himself before he would let that that secret out and, and kind of destroy all the lives of the people that he actually cares about. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I could see him almost setting up a murder to make it seem like he was murdered and get the suspicion off of him. Oh, and pin it on someone. <laughs> Like, yeah, or some, or some other killer that he already killed, and kind of just say it was a he was killed by someone else, and that that would pin off like any murders that they thought he did, and yeah. just kind of create create a serial killer almost. My my uh, theory for how the the series is going to finally conclude, I, I think Deb's going to end up killing Dexter. I think it might be a case of um, Deb finding out about Dexter, and uh, they're after him. And maybe she's the one to get to him first. And uh, they have a lengthy conversation. And uh, he asks Deb to shoot him um, rather than um, facing, uh, I guess it'd be the death penalty in Florida, wouldn't it? Um, well, I could, see, I, I could see her having a knife and she can't do it. And Dexter grabs her hand and does and like stabs himself with her hand on the knife kind of deal and she's yeah. fallen and you see Dexter dying um, it'll be interesting to see if the if the producers have a plan or it's like a James Gandolfini Sopranos where they can't kill Tony Soprano on screen, David Chase just couldn't do it and so I'm wondering if, 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 if what is Dexter's you know future will he die, I mean that, that would make it interesting uh, well, did, did any of you did, did any of you ever like read the books or read anything about the books? I've, I've not read the books. No, um, I, I don't know. Have you done how they pan out? Uh, well, I, I haven't read them, but I've heard some people say that they really they're not really following the books. So I don't know if the books are even still going, and they're still writing new ones. Are they kind of are that the series uh. itself is kind of swaying away from the books? But uh, some people have told me a lot of people that died in the books are still in the show. So I, I I'm not sure exactly how much they're following the you know the outline of the books. Oh, interesting. I may have to start reading those books now. Just to... yeah. it's a weird thing when a show kind of you know is inspired by a book and they and because I, I think they say Rita did die in the books, but uh-huh. it, it's kind of a weird thing, especially if the books are still going. Like, how do you? When do you become your own thing with the show separate from the book? Or are you just yeah. 
stealing the box from the book. I don't know how that works. Yeah, because usually the books would be done, and then it's based on that. It's it is odd to have the books being written. I guess Harry Potter does that, but that's a little, I guess, a little different. I, I guess, but or maybe kind of the same. I don't know, but yeah, interesting. Well, anyone that has any insight on that, without without being, you know, kind of spoilery for what's going to happen, can email the podcast. I guess. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Dissecting Dexter at gmail dot com. I was just um, going to say that, but I wasn't sure <laughs> if that was the right. Email. <laughs> I, I think, um, as I say, I've not read the books, but I believe that the first book um, was more or less the plot of the first season. But after oh. that, I think the series sort of diverted from the books. I, I, I have a feeling that's as far as the uh, the plots sort of tied together. I think it was just the first book. Interesting. I think. I think. I think. I, 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 I may be wrong, but um, it, it may go further than that. But I'm pretty sure that the first book was was more or less what happened in the first season. But even then, I think there were differences. But as I say, I've not read the books deliberately so as not to risk um, getting any spoilers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I like the discussion that we, that we were that we kind of touched on with how long can this show go, and Keith kind of gave his thoughts. I was just wondering if I could turn the tables on you and ask you a question. Uh, I almost called you Dexter again. Had to get it out there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I was just wondering because, you know, with, with a lot of these cable shows, a lot of them are, are, are going. Like, Weeds just got renewed for a seventh season, uh, and that show's kind of doing good. And, you know, a lot of shows are, are – networks are giving them a little more. They're going for longer. How long do you think a show like this could last? Um, I didn't think it would get past a couple of seasons. When, as I say, when we got through season one, I thought, where can they go from here? And then, obviously, the second season was was Dexter in, under threat of discovery. Um, and I thought, well, where can they go from here? And then, um, obviously, I've gone on a couple more seasons. Um, I after season four, my gut feeling was that season five would be the last season, but that was only because I thought this next season we're going to be fascinated to see how Dexter deals with his grief and deals with being a single parent and uh, the investigation into Rita's murder. Um, and I'm thinking, well, where can they go after that? Uh, but there is there is another um, video on YouTube uh, from the writer's room uh, where they talk about how they finish season four and where they're going with season five. And the message that comes through from that is that um, I, I don't think season five is going to be the end. Um, my, if, if you ask me to make a bet, I would say season six will be the last one. Um, but that's that's only an educated guess. Um, yeah, that's I about mean, really, the average. For, I mean, for really good yeah. shows, that's about the average. Anything you know beyond that, it's almost like, especially with a show like this where you have to keep topping it every season. At some mm-hmm. point, it's like how 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 can you keep topping? How ridiculous can it get before it kind of jumps the shark and you really have to end it? Yeah, I hate to do that. I don't want it to. Uh, I'll say it as well because you shows that should have ended two or three seasons sooner. Um, yeah, I, I don't want them to have to drag it out. I'd hate for that to happen. Uh, I mean, Lost had had the best idea where they got a time limit on it and um, 
<laughs> debatable how much they planned, but then at least they could map out, they knew how long they had. Whereas with Dexter, I don't think they do know how long they have. And, and who knows, they could be at the back of their minds planning for a sixth season to end it. But then if the network then says ratings are good, advertising revenues great, uh, you can have a seventh season and they've got to drag it out a bit more. Um, it may be the commercials that, that have the deciding factor in this. Yeah, I would guess that the creators and writers maybe have like the final arc in mind where they can just, oh, this is going to be the last season. Okay, we'll throw in the last five episodes. Like I have a feeling that, at least from my perspective, what I would do, I would know how I want to end the show and would hold it until it is the end. Um, I, I, I got to believe that Showtime would want to promote the final season of Dexter so that they would yeah. know. And I hope they wouldn't just end the show after, uh, you know, one, oh. after this season. It's like, ah, oh, we're not going to bring it back. It's like, uh, what? Like, like Deadwood. <laughs> yeah, like Deadwood. I would think Cable, Cable would be, a, you know, have a little more wiggle room with that. You know, because I mean, they just renewed, uh, what is that, the Big C and Weeds, and they're still in, I mean, the Weeds started maybe like four or five episodes into sixth season, and they just uh-huh. renewed it, and the Big C is like five episodes in this first season, and they already renewed it. So thinking maybe they'll give them a little more wiggle room so they could do that, unlike, you know, regular TV where you're literally in, the, in your last episode and you don't know if you're coming back. Yeah. Well, that's like with Sopranos. There was one point where it was two years between seasons. That was a weird oh. thing in itself. Like, yeah, they oh. went like two years before, and then they broke up the last two seasons. I think they were they wanted to end it in five seasons, but HBO wanted a sixth season, so that's why they kind of stretched it out and then came back with the final season a little bit later. Yeah, it was kind of weird how they that's did that. Actually- it's actually pretty similar to uh, what happened with the Dead Zone uh, with uh, Anthony Michael Hall, not related to Michael C. Hall, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> between season five and six, yeah, there was like a two-year gap. Oh, wow. Yeah, you I don't really find like that, that network TV, that would never happen. But with cable, I mean, and a lot of people, honestly, like they're saying – Network TVs for old folks and cable TVs for the cool in crowd younger people. <laughs> like, it's just funny because you got your NCIS, Nash Bridges, and those shows on network, and then you got like Dexter, and, you know, I guess Mad Men and all that. So yeah, even Breaking Bad, I think uh, from the from this finale that just aired up until season four started, I think it's over a year. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, they've they've pushed the next season of Breaking Bad back, haven't they, to next summer? Oh yeah, that's why they were talking about Emmys because now that they say that John Hamm's going to win now and not Ryan Cranston for Mad Men because they're pushing it uh, and it will be out of the season. But yeah, that that is interesting because a lot of shows actually The Shield did that I think and a few where they didn't start in its normal time. Sometimes they get pushed or it comes back. Like The Shield came back way later. The Wire did that where it it was all different times the way it came out. Because a lot of those uh, cable, like HBO, all them, they like to run like one or two shows, it ends, and then the new one begins. They don't do like six at a time. They do like one or two at a time, maybe three. And AMC, I think, does one, maybe two at a time. So. Yeah. Okay, well, let's... Um 
let's let's bring it back to season five and kind of wrap up um, okay. how how we think season five is going to go. Uh, we've not mentioned a couple of the other um, guest stars that that are in in this season. We've got Mr. Robocop himself, Peter Weller. Um, I don't know if you're aware he's been cast as a um, a quote a troubled Miami Metro police officer. Um, he's been brought in for an eight episode arc. Um, and then we've got Julia Stiles, uh, who is playing. She's playing a mysterious woman who forms a unique relationship with Dexter. Whether that means romance or not, I don't know. Um, I wonder whether she might have some connection to Dexter's past. Um, All I know about but, uh, that is that a lot of people on Twitter were mad about Julia Stiles. <laughs> right. I don't have any. Just because of her as an actress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A kind of a love interest for Dexter. I don't know what they were trying to say, but I don't have a problem with her. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be grieving, so who knows what what he might do. He might he might um deal with things by turning to somebody else, who knows? Um I mean I think it's fair to say he's he's gonna resume killing and maybe that's what he that's how he reacts, how he um controls the enormous emotions that, that will be rumbling mm-hmm. inside him by throwing himself head headlong into um, uh, killing, uh, and maybe uh, in his haste he might end up making a mistake, and perhaps that could be his undoing. Um, but I think he'll, he'll, he's obviously going to be angry at himself, uh, and, and he may take that out on, on others. Hopefully not the kids. Um, hopefully he'll just channel that uh, towards his victims. Um, one theory that was suggested to me, I, I mentioned um, I've been speaking to one of, one of my listeners, Matt Cook, uh, about predictions uh, um, and thoughts about Dexter in general. He he had a theory that, um, going back to Quinn, that maybe he'll get involved with Deb this season. It's been teased before that um, on, yeah. on the odd occasion that they might get close. Um, and I thought that was quite a good idea because he could do it, um, maybe with the sole purpose of getting closer to learning more about Dexter, sort of using Deb to get to him. I don't know what you think about that. Donald? Uh, Heath was talking about whether or not we like him. I think that would really make people not like him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, he, sorry. He's on. already a character where you don't really like him too much, but that's really because he's kind of against Dexter. But to me, I, I like when characters do that. I, like, I loved when Dokes did it. I thought that made him kind of that love-to-hate kind of character, and you like that. You know, you, you actually like the fact that you don't like the character. So I think that's right where Quinn is for me right now, where I can't really be mad at him because he's not necessarily a bad guy. You know, you can say, well, he's a dirty cop, whatever. Even, he even gave Dexter his, his reasons why he did it. You know, he, he needs the money or whatever. He doesn't, doesn't get paid enough for what he does. And you can kind of understand that. And he just he's just sitting in a, in a position right now where I don't really hate him. It's, a, it's just it depends on how far he goes to... Uh, you know, to do whatever he's trying to do with Dexter. Yeah, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, fair observations. Um, if they do, I mean, that they, they, they are from the previous, obviously positioning Quinn as as in that sort of Dokes role, um, being um, the most suspicious of, of Dexter, um, and he has been uh, portrayed as a character. Who kind of uh, kind of flirts with our um, uh, with regard to how much we like him or not? Uh, 
personally, I, I've swayed between liking him and, and not liking him. Uh, he's, he's been good with Deb at times. Um, but uh, if, if he does sort of cement himself in that Dokes role, anti-Dexter, um, we're obviously meant to uh, root for Dexter. So uh, I think Quinn could be the could be the bad guy this year. Uh, and maybe we'll learn more about um, things he's done in the past and uh, perhaps he'll end up on Dexter's table by the end. Um, but if he does go down the, <laughs> perhaps if he does go down that road with Deb, um, that will give us even more reason not to like him. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, any, any more thoughts about um, season five, either of you? Um, not really. I, I, I haven't been really a theorizer. I mean, I kind of said, kind of think what things that I could see happen or I'd want to happen. Um. I'm just I'm just real curious to see how it goes. How long? I mean, I'm like, who's going to take care of the kids while Dexter goes and kills? Will there be a a babysitter introduced? Maybe that's Julia Stiles. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting uh, how it all happens, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the beginning of the season. Excellent. Certainly, me too. I mean, uh, Monday can't come quick enough. I, I say Monday because I say that's that's when I'll be watching it. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be great, and I have I have a feeling that certainly this season's got the potential uh, to be the best season. Um, there's enough emotional content there to make this a real, a really exciting ride, especially with the police and probably the FBI um, sort of sniffing along his trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that kind of that kind of brings us to. Um, a nice conclusion for, for our chat about Dexter. I don't think there's anything else either you want to add about the show in general. Um, is that Donald? Um, just, I mean, that show really opened up the whole, uh, my whole uh, thing about, you know, giving cable shows a chance now. Because I don't think I really w- was into that much. Besides True Blood, I, I watched True Blood. But uh, when I watched Dexter, I, I really, I really thought, well, maybe there's some really good writing out there and, and it really opened up. I, I I tried Mad Men. I didn't fall for it right off the bat, but I'll probably go back to it. Uh, Weeds, of course, another Showtime show, and I think I'm gonna um, try to watch Californication, which is another Showtime show with uh, David Duchovny. Yeah. But, uh, Dexter, I guess me falling in love with Dexter as much as I have, it's really it's really opened up the whole cable you know shows for me, and I, I guess that he, but me buying it has really got Showtime a little bit more money. I might even. Uh, subscribe to it. I don't know. I'm still not not sure about that, but I just might. Yeah, excellent. No, I'm, I'm glad there's a lot of good cable shows out there. I, I watched Californication. I think that's coming back soon. Um, but that that's good fun. But that's that's a show that um that, that goes hot and cold at times. Um, Heath, anything else? Sort of closing thoughts about Dexter? Yeah. No. It, you know, Donald hit a good point. I mean, I I started watching cable shows. Uh, HBO, I think, really uh, set the tone for just production value, big stars, uh, just great programming. And Showtime, actually, if you look back, until Dexter, a lot of their shows were kind of lower budget. You have maybe one big actor, like they did one with uh, this uh, this series called Jeremiah with Luke Perry. And you could tell a lot of the guest stars and stuff were kind of unknown, kind of the production value was less. And I think Dexter, they really stepped up their game and really they finally produced a show that was actually up to par with HBO. 
And and when, when you look at it, they brought a couple of actors from Oz, from HBO, uh, LaGuardia and Bautista, Oz alums. And they brought in, you know, a bunch of other unknowns, but they've, because of the show and because of the writing, they've really become kind of household names on TV now. So uh, I think Showtime owes De- – that's their big cash cow, I would believe. And Dexter really got them up to par with HBO. So now when Showtime comes out with new shows, people may be like, give it more of a chance because of Dexter. So I, you know, I really believe that Dexter really changed Showtime's programming. So I think, I think you might be right. And I also think um, – I know neither of you have watched Weeds, and I've been talking about it a lot, but – uh, Weeds has been on there for seven years, and, and it's it was their Emmy-winning show and before Dexter. So, so with those oh, okay. two shows, yeah, those two shows running it, I think that really opened it up. Oh, you're right, Weeds. Yeah, Weeds. I gotta throw Weeds in that conversation. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen the pilot of Weeds, but um, I saw it at a time when I had so many other shows on the go, I just didn't have time to squeeze another one in. Yeah. <laughs> But, Me too, uh, yeah. I watched the pilot and then I haven't seen, but I really liked the pilot. I guess for because it's tough for me to get into DVD shows when the fall season happens because I check out practically every show and see what I'm going to do. And with this season, Monday and Tuesday, there's like five or six shows that I think I'm going to I may continue to watch. So that's going to take up some time for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well. I think that pretty much brings us to the end of our our discussion about Dexter. It's it's, it's been good to uh, to go back over the old seasons, and I'm surprised at how much I've, I've forgotten about some of the old seasons. Um, and it's certainly good fun to um, sort of bring back those memories with you. Uh, I, I certainly appreciate you both joining me um, to, to chat about it. Um, oh, no perhaps we can just sort of finish up by um, maybe you want to plug your own podcasts and. and Tell our listeners where they can find your your work, as it were, uh, Heath. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash heathactor, H-E-A-T-H-A-C-T-O-R. Um, I formerly did a Lost podcast, but Lost Revisited now. Uh, that is kind of pretty much done. Uh, but I'm involved in two other podcasts, uh, The Film List, which you can find on iTunes. Um, I do that from time to time, have guests on. We talk about top. 10 films we do roundtables with donald about like x files and we do a bunch of stuff about tv and film and the world of entertainment and we also started a new podcast with donald and our good friend alex from it only ends once podcast and uh axel foley formerly of lost mythos Theorycast. uh it's called podtourage where the four of us pretty much four friends four topics and we talk about money life uh, we do talk about each week throw in some TV or film to keep that going, but we pretty much have topics we like to talk about, and we just kind of have a discussion. We just did our first episode, um, and it actually should be up on iTunes by uh, the uh, 25th of September. It takes a little while to get that up there, but it's Podtourage, kind of like Entourage, but Podtourage, so it's a new podcast if you want to check it out. And I want to thank... Uh, this pod, this podcast is also going on my film list feed, but I want to uh, thank uh, Dexter, dissecting Dexter listeners, uh, for uh, just you know listening and 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 allowing this kind of with you, Gareth, this to happen. And thanks for having me and Donald on. Um, 
glad you had me on. It was a lot of fun, and we got to do it again soon. Indeed, indeed. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, Donald, do you want to plug your work? Oh uh, yeah, my my work, as it were. You can find it. Uh, I, as just as he said, I used to do a lost podcast. That's pretty much done. Uh, not quite yet. And you can find it at donaldislost.com. Uh, my main project right now is X-Files Rewatch, and we're doing it at xfilespodcast.com. Uh, and, of course, I am a part of Podtourage, and you can follow us on twitter.com slash podtourage, uh, P-O-D-T-O-U-R-A-G-E. And there you can find any information. As soon as the podcast is approved for iTunes, we'll have links up uh, so everyone can find that. Uh, really enjoying doing that project, and uh, no promises yet, but I think Fringe Fringe comes back tomorrow, or is it tonight? And there might be an, another Fringe podcast coming, and you can find it at fringepodcast.net. Great. Okay. Um, well, interesting you mentioned Podtourage. I, uh, I downloaded the uh, the sneak peek that you uploaded to TalkShoe and uh, listened to that on the way home from work last night, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was nice to... Uh, to hear you guys just just cheer the fat about a variety of subjects, it was uh, was like almost a mini ramble on, um, but it was good. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. There were some laughs to be had, and uh, uh, I look forward to the next one. So thanks again, guys. Um, it's Thank just you. been great having you on, and uh, maybe we can uh, get together again, perhaps at the end of season five, and uh, and have a chat about how things went. Definitely. Very good. Okay. So uh, that. Just about wraps up this episode of Dissecting Dexter. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to uh, our ramblings about the show and uh, a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane. As far as the Dissecting Dexter podcast is concerned, we've been doing the season one rewatch but with season five about to air i couldn't pass on the opportunity to podcast about the show as it's airing so my plan is to put the season one rewatch on semi-hiatus um if, if i can get one done in the interim then i will but my attention is going to be focused on season five and i intend to podcast as we go through the season so Probably three or four days after the episode airs, I'll be uh, releasing a podcast talking about, well, reviewing each episode as we go. So if you'd like to, to join in the fun with that, you're welcome to drop me an email, dissectingdexter, all one word, dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Or we've got a couple of listener voicemail lines. Uh, if you're in the UK, you can dial 0844 579 6949 and enter mailbox ID. 08320 or if you're, in, if you're in the US the number is 206 350 6166 that's 206 350 6166 uh, if you heard the last podcast you'll, you may know that it's a different number the reason being if you don't use the number for 30 days they terminate your account which is what happened to me this month uh, so this is a new number and hopefully um it will get some activity and uh, it will keep going, so in end. Right, that's it. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Mm-hmm.